I don't actually know how to introduce this one. Do you want me to say something or? Uh, no, I just need to get my brain in gear. Hold on. That's the sound of a man slapping his brain. That's the sound of a man slapping my brain into energy. Okay. It's also, it's also Scrote Sunday, so he's slapping his scrote at the same time. Oh, good call. Scrote Sunday, lads. Bad call. I'm just still thinking about, like, I just can't get the cum socks out of my mind. <laughs> and also arrives Close. socks. I, I'm not I can't get them out of my drawer. Cum socks shouldn't be a thing. Just use paper tissues like a no, civilized dude, person. The, the it crusted so a lot of much money in... to, Do you know how many trees I would fell per year yeah. if I used tissues instead of cum socks? Cum socks are the vegan alternative, effectively. <laughs> as long as they're not wool. I'm actually serious. I don't know why cum socks are a thing for anyone. It's so easy, man. It's already on your foot, you know. All you gotta do is slip it off, have a wank, slip it back on when you're done. <laughs> Again, come oh. Jonathan's are Jonathan's. the advanced form of the cum sock. Could be worse. It could be that guy on Reddit with a the cum, cum Jonathan box. being a long John. The cum box. Look, that's what, <laughs> what you gotta use if you got a really big dick. Okay, dear future historians, uh, if you're listening to this, it's 2020. Right now, everybody's still alive. We still have the internet which is bad. We still have electricity, which I'm it's so, good. so on. You, you're in favor of electricity? Okay. Yeah, whatever. I could play video games without yeah, that. Yeah, I like, I like that. Yeah. Uh, some people in like normal countries were, have been able to go outside um, and do stuff. Many of us have been stuck in lockdown and, and or are about to enter more lockdowns. And so I've been doing that thing I used to do where I pick up video games and then play them at least most of the way through. And this is a special podcast that we're doing to talk about those games. First off on the list is, arbitrarily, Pikmin 2. Go! you got ten minutes. Um, yeah, so me and Brian have been playing, not exactly Pikmin 2, but uh, Pikmin 2 ROM hacks. Um, I don't know if there's been like a major development in the scene to allow this. Brian's probably got more of the background info on it than me. So do you know why there's so many Pikmin hacks suddenly flourishing? I'm frankly not sure. What I do know is that like Pikmin 251 is kind of like a, a sequel-ish kind of hack. It came out like a year ago, and then Colossal Caverns came out like a few months ago. And there's another big one that's currently in the works. Um, I've also I've just in general seen a lot of GameCube hacks in the past like few years. So I'm guessing there's been some sort of major developments on on that side that's allowed this kind of stuff to happen. Pikmin 251, like you said, is a sequel kind of to Pikmin 2. And it's it's just Pikmin 2, but with more stuff and like new stuff uh, is what I'd say. And it works surprisingly well because I like Pikmin 2. So playing Pikmin 2, but more is really fun. And it's got like fully integrated co-op uh, in it as well. So I played through it with my friend Tom. Um, we didn't finish it because it gets really hard towards the end um but yeah it's it's just kind of neat to be able to do the same stuff but in slightly new environments and things i've made it a habit uh to play pikmin 2 like once a year and so this year i played 251 instead and it's a really uh fresh experience it's like still the same core game uh but just they, they tweaked a lot of balance and there's just more caves and more everything is like brand new environments and brand new well i guess not brand new enemies more so like buffed versions of previous enemies yeah. 
Um, You've got to kind yeah, of think a lot more, is what I'd say about it. Like, you can't yeah. rush in. In, P- in Pikmin 2, it's so easy to just, like, rush in with all your Pikmin, chuck them at the enemy, and it's dead. In Pikmin 251, I was like, right, let's leave the Pikmin at base, take, like, the five I need, and then run around to make enemies shoot rocks at each other so that they kill each <laughs> other rather than me kill them, and then quickly grab the groin and get it to the fucking ship so it doesn't come back to life. Um, that's kind of the experience with 251. I guess the only main complaint I had with 251 is that they introduced orange Pikmin and they're like horribly underutilized. They're like they showing up. They used in like one cave? I, I, I think I saw them in two caves. Yeah. And they do they replace Bulbmin? Is that what he's done? Replace Bulbmin? Or? No, Bulbmin are, Bulbmin are still in the game, but they act like Bulbmin in that they can't leave a cave. Yeah. Yeah, they're, uh, but they're just immune to explosions. Yeah, uh, it's, it's the wrong way to do a new Pikmin type because it doesn't add anything new to the game. It's just like here's another elemental resistance, basically. Yeah. Um, the I think the more fun uh, Pikmin hack that we've been playing though is Colossal Caverns, um, which Brand's gotten really into and is now like top ten leaderboard man absolutely blazing it um it's a mod that puts every item in pikmin 2 in a randomly generated cave structure uh that's absolutely enormous and the goal is just to get all the treasures back to your um back to your ship and it's really fun because it's just procedurally generated pikmin it's almost so since all the treasures there there's also every boss and since all those, since there's the treasures that the bosses drop that give you like power ups, it's like almost uh, like a, like a roguelite in in a sense, or that like as you progress, you're getting like you're getting like stronger and more abilities. Um, and by one cave, it's like one cave floor, not like a cave system of multiple floors. So you just got this giant layout that there's like several billion different like combinations and it's based on like a seed structure. So if you want to like race somebody on a set seed, you can do that or you can just do random seeds. It's honestly a lot of fun. I've always been very interested in the idea of uh, speed running Pikmin. I never really got into it because like, like Pikmin 1 is a little too jank for my taste. Pikmin 2 is a little too long of a speed run and Pikmin 3 is also like a very glitch heavy speed run. So Colossal Caverns is like that perfect marriage for me because it's it basically takes the entire game of Pikmin 2 and just condenses it into one cave. Uh, and so it's just all it's all about like managing your resources and routing with a little bit of luck involved. Some seas are clearly better than others, but it's yeah. honestly a lot of fun. Uh, so in, in terms of like, I play it casually. And again, I've been playing it mostly co-op with my friend Tom. And um, like our runs take hours, uh, but it's very fun even as a casual player just to see how far you can get, how many treasures you can get. And it's not too difficult as long as you're being a little bit smart about what you're doing. Um, what I What it gives me sort of thought about is the fact that if, nintendo did something like this with pikmin it could be really fun and taking the like roguelike element to a new level where 
if every item gave your um, captain like a specific power up, like maybe a stat buff or something, then that would be really interesting, I think. Because the only power ups that really do anything in Pikmin 2 are you get like the power fist, which isn't too useful. You get the sleeping bag, which is great for getting you back to base in the giant caverns, actually. So that's quite nice. Um, you get the item, the half globe that lets your Pikmin um, go faster. And then it's a couple of items that like make it so you're resistant to electricity and stuff. So it's it's not that impactful. But if every item was tied to like, now you can move faster or now you can, I don't know, throw Pikmin slightly further and then kind of add a little bit of a Metroidvania-ish element to it. I don't know. I've, I've got lots of thoughts about how you could just do something cool with this. Being able to to take it further like that could be really cool. I know there there's like, I, I talk regularly with the developer and he's got ideas for other stuff to add. Like there's there's the potential to add like once you get a certain number of treasures, then they start then the remaining ones start showing up on your map. Um, but I, I definitely agree. Like the this the Metroid this is almost like this light Metroidvania aspect, and it kind of already exists. Where like you have to find onions, yeah. and you have to find like bulbmen, and you have to find yeah. purple and white flowers, which all are kind of necessary to progress. Definitely, yeah. So you start off with you start off with a few of each Pikmin type, which means you can like send them off to try and find their onion, and then just follow them around. But um, until you get the onions, you're kind of locked out because you need more Pikmin to pick up the heavier treasures. So there is definitely an element of like I need to progress, I need to do things in a certain order to be able to like find more stuff in the dungeon yeah sometimes you'll see like a giant room full of water and be like well because you only start 25 of each color so you're like well i can't really go here until i get to the blue onion oh but the blue onion is being guarded by like i don't know the water wraith and i can't kill the water wraith until i get purple so i gotta like find purples so yeah uh, there's like firewalls in between you and like the blue onion so you've got to get all your red pikmin because you've already found the red onion and then you can you can sort of take that out or there's like a boss that you'll need a specific sort of pikmin to beat like the water wraith like you said so um but it's really fun i'd say anyone who likes pikmin download it give it a try it runs kind of well on dolphin don't play in widescreen don't turn the widescreen hack on those tend to um kind of mess with it we'll stick a link to the hacking discord uh in the show notes um so that you can find it if you want to but they're they're both really fun and especially colossal caverns for me is great the next game on our list is command and conquer remastered we'll give it five minutes with some breathing room go excellent uh uh uh, just just a, a great fucking remaster um, of a game that does not have an attack move command. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that was that was a stark realization. I thought it was just because when I first played Command Conquer, it was on the P- PlayStation One, so I wouldn't have had any of these fancy like Control A or anything like that. But nope, there is just no attack move, and it's really yeah. jarring. Yeah, um, no, no. I thought I was bad at it because I was a kid. And it turns out it's the game itself. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, honestly, one of my favorite things about Command Conquer is the remaster is the open, new intro opening sequence of it installing 
and upgrading itself and that yes i don't know yes. something about that just really tickled me and it really made yeah me no happy. well yeah no it's a it's 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 an awesome like kind of like 90-ish way 90s-ish way of like jerking yourself off um <laughs> the cinematics in general um you, there's times where like the it, like the ai upscaling looks like really good like it's like oh wow you know you know hey hey that's that's like a lot of fidelity you're bringing to it and then there's other times where it's like it's it's like those Google Deep Dream things where where <laughs> like you'll just catch a dog's face somewhere. Uh, it looks kind of it looks kind of Vaseline to me, but yeah, considering yeah, what yeah. they started with, it's very good. Oh yeah, 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 and, it, and it's and it's fine to have like a like a weird grease stain as Stalin's chest hair. <laughs> I didn't play the remaster. I can only speak of my experience on the original game but it was the first RTS game I ever played. Therefore, I didn't notice or wouldn't have noticed anything jank about it compared to other RTS games that I played later that were better. Yeah, yeah. It, um, uh, StarCraft was out around the same time and is just in like a million different ways better. StarCraft has aged like fine wine, but I think StarCraft was a couple of years after, I'm going to say. Like maybe one year, maybe two years. Uh, oh. Moogle isn't here, but I got to watch Moogle froth at the mouth uh, with respect to the pathfinding, which has apparently not been upgraded at all. No, no, it, everything has been uh, 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 completely preserved. Oh yeah, no, StarCraft was uh, two years afterwards. Yeah, there you go. No, that was that was the nineties. I think I think people were a little bit less uh, 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 neurotic about like release dates and paying attention to them yeah, at the time. Yeah. But like with RTS, it was like Dune Two came out in the in the early nineties. A couple of years later, that was the first game in the genre, basically. Then a couple of years later, Command and Conquer came out, which is like the seminal game in the genre. And then a couple of years after that, you just got like StarCraft and Age of Empires, and that was it, basically. The entire genre was created, flourished, and then evolved to its final form in the space of about six years. Yes, yes. And then uh and then, you know, um there is a brief like thing where uh like Company of Heroes, I would say, what like made a decent enough splash in it, but like it never really came back. Real time like, tactics. Oh like even even with like Company of Heroes, like like when they when they were doing like the expansions, they they tried to do like a MOBA mode. Like it it, it had already the, the the genre had already like like you're basically going to go city building if you want any kind of similar sort of top-down kind of organizational thing. That's that's all we have to say on the Command & Conquer remaster. The next uh, game on our list is Risk of Rain 2. Me and Moogle just played some, actually. We did. I uh, haven't played it recently, but I did play the beta, and I spent quite a few hours with it. Uh, Risk of Rain 2 is delightful. It's, it's one of those wonderful games where... It starts in 2D with Risk of Rain 1, and then you don't imagine that they're going to bring out a sequel, let alone try and make a 3D one, mm. but they managed to nail 3D gameplay of the original yeah. just and without, the, almost effortlessly, it feels. It's it's a really, in my opinion, a red flag sometimes when an indie developer is like, we're going to make a big 3D action game after making mm. a 2D game. I didn't expect it to be good, but as it turns out, pretty much every aspect of that game works so much better in 3D. Like the movement and like avoiding the enemies and herding the enemies is just feels great in 3D. I I agree. Like when I first saw screenshots of the game, I was like, is this a fan mod? And then I found out it was a real thing. And I was like, 
what, that's not going to work. Like, how can you do Risk of Rain in 3D? And then I bought it very early in its alpha, and it was already good, and they've mm-hmm. just been adding more stuff over the last year and a half or whatever since it's been out. Um, and there's loads of characters to play as, at least as many as in the original, if not more. Um, there's different ways to build your characters. You unlock different skill sets for them by, like, completing achievements. So there's reasons to go back and play even after you've finish the game to sort of unlock new stuff um it it sort of has new items to unlock as you progress for doing certain challenges as well and it just keeps you keeps you playing keeps you interested keeps you hooked i mean structurally it is just the same as risk Mm. of rain and Mm. all the gameplay choices are the same as risk of rain it's just in 3d not to undersell the 3d aspect of it i could not go back to risk of rain one now I'm going to try soon, I think. I, uh, I'm going to see yeah, how it goes. I, I prefer it to Risk of Rain 1, definitely. And as someone who doesn't really like roguelikes very much, like there's only a couple I can really stomach, um, Risk of Rain is one of my... Well, Risk of Rain 2 is one of my favourite games, I think, even. I've got like 80 hours in this one in like a year, which is quite significant for me. Um, still loads of stuff to do and unlock. Uh but yeah, there's there's loads of ways to modify your runs as well. You've got three mm. difficulty levels. You've got artifacts you can unlock to sort of spice things up. Me and Moogle just played a run that's got like, um, we made it so you can pick whatever item you want when you get it from a chest, but we turned off chests and made it so enemies will randomly drop items and a doppelganger will appear that has all of your perks and skills like <laughs> uh, every 10 minutes. Um, so you've got to take them out or get absolutely destroyed. Like it was very fun. It was good but there's loads of ways you can challenge yourself with it like challenge runs and um different things there's uh the progression system yeah it's it is like risk of rain one like you'll get teleported to a random set set of one or the other levels each time you sort of go through the teleporter um i guess for people who haven't played risk of rain one we haven't really described what the game is you you kind of shoot stuff it's, I mean, it's an, it's an enemy and... management game, basically. Yeah. The whole time you're playing, shitloads of baddies are spawning in, and the skill of the game is as much in like knowing how to move and strategize yes. as it is in actually yeah. being skilled at taking them it's down. It's like, what do and I there's kill a timer first? What do I avoid? Ticking the whole time, and every so often the difficulty will ratchet up, so you've also got to be mm. like quick and efficient. Yeah. Um, so it does have that very like uh binding of isaac uh roguelite uh structure to it but it's not it's not a it's one of the roguelikes i will accept alongside yeah, it's, it's roguelike elements are very understated and i wouldn't say subtle but understated and effectively I, you just get random sets of items through each run and that's the only and it's permadeath and that's the only kind yeah, of thing that matters so as I you think kill that... enemies you you gain money and then you can use that to open chests which give you a random item generally yes. sometimes you get a choice between items so you never know what your build's going to be by the end of the game um and then what's different in risk of rain 2 than risk of rain 1 i guess it was in risk of rain 1 but you can you can loop back on it and sort of the difficulty will go up when you loop back and mm-hmm. you can keep playing you don't have to finish with an end state um but there's more rewards for doing it in Risk of Rain 2 than there were in mm-hmm. Risk of Rain 1. You can sort of, uh, you get a currency that you can spend to get special items in each run, and that persists over uh, each run that you do. Um, so you can get a load of that for kind of looping if you want to. Yeah, there's another tier of items that I don't think was in Risk of Rain 1, which are called Lunar Items, and they are they have significant upsides 
but also significant downsides at the same time. Yeah. Um, so that's that's an interesting it's a fun trade-off. And it's the, the fun is really in stacking things and finding weird builds that somehow work yeah. out of items that you didn't anticipate would interact with each other. It, it's nice um, because towards later, like there's a midsection of the game where you feel like an absolute god and you're just like destroying things in a couple of seconds, even bosses. And then you get slightly further in and you get a bit too Billy Big Bollocks and one mistake <laughs> is going to absolutely yeah. fuck you. So In uh, the late game, you are either living and killing everything or you just suddenly die and you don't know why you died. Yeah. Like something kills you and you don't know how it happened within the space of about a second and that's 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 simultaneously really frustrating but also really fun because you've had that like 50 minutes of of i i, I am untouchable you cannot harm me yeah um, i went through one run where i picked up an item that gives you eight percent chance to dodge things and it just it keeps adding up you can never get to 100 and i think i stacked about 20 of them so i was at like you were, you were at 75 percent chance not to take damage and there was just squeaks the whole way through because every time you dodge something it squeaks um, and it was squeaks until there was suddenly not a squeak and I died. There's always, like, you can always learn sort of what killed, well, not always, but mo- most of the time you can, like, figure it out, like, where you went wrong. Um, it's got that problem where, like, you feel so powerful by the time you die that when you start a new run, you feel very slow mm-hmm. all of a sudden, but it doesn't take you long yeah. to get back up to that feeling of power again. So it's it's not a big deal like it is in some games. Also, the power of mathematics is strong as well. Um, yeah. Like stacking things and making you realize just how strong multiplication and exponential rises are um, yeah. is, is really good. Like you can give yourself 500 million times the damage that you would normally have and the game will record you as being at minus one HP as a result. Um, yeah. And there's damage overflows and stacks. It's great fun. And uh, um, although there's no sort of true synergies in the game, there's not things like you'd get in Enter the Gungeon or mm-hmm. like in um, Binding of Isaac where two items will combine to make a new new sort of item. Um, you wor- you figure out kind of what works yeah. well with itself and kind of start. start it's got getting... it's got like five or six core mechanics that kind of like there are keywords that are flashed up in different colors that show that they interact with each other, like crits and bleed and die on on death or on on hit that kind of thing yeah and they all nicely interact but there's been a lot of bug fixes a lot of changes a lot of balancing presumably they're going to have some post-release content as well i mean it's it's published by gearbox now so uh, they're probably going to try and squeeze people for money can't believe we gave randy pitch for money time is up we gave randy pitch for money you gave randy money that's the last thing that to end this segment. He's going to go out and we buy magic Randy with Pitchford that now. Money. Do you want my clip uh, of Randy Pitchford so you can insert please. it here? I please. always want that clip, Specs. And by always, I mean never. Yes. I've heard enough of Randy Pitchford for a lifetime. Have yeah. we all, but we keep giving him money. Have you ever heard of Kangaroo Pornography? Yes, I have. I okay. hear of it every goddamn day To get here. the fucking sickening taste of Randy Pitchford out of my mouth, we're going to talk about Hillix. Yes. Ten okay, minutes, so... here we go. What the fuck is Helix about? I finished the game, I still don't know. Alright, no, it, that doesn't matter. Listen, <laughs> if, if you listening are at the computer, or have access to Google, uh, if you don't know who Mason Lindroff is, just go go on Google Image Search and look up Mason Lindroff's art. Uh, he does this claymation... How do you even describe it? Like, yeah, he does claymation. claymation it's and... digitized, over, overly dithered claymation. Yeah, super surreal it's got really interesting characters uh 
just he is a fucking genius and he made a little short jrpg where you uh if you're a banana-headed man who fights an alien <laughs> well uh, you, you, you're you're a moon you're a crescent moon-headed man crescent moon-headed man yeah um you you die repeatedly every time you die all the flesh falls off creating a weird looking skeleton uh you have to feed meat into a meat grinder to increase your health it's the combat is basic JRPG RPG maker stuff. It's an RPG maker game, but the animations really make it special. That's yeah. also in claymation. Like it shows your every time you attack, it shows two giant hands making like hand gestures to create create spells and create items or whatever. It's just a joy to joy yeah. to watch. It's it's short. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's gorgeous, and it's just like it's affably weird. It has a vibe where it's not being weird in an arbitrary sense. It's being weird in a sense that is entirely self-consistent, as if there's this world that just runs on this baffling logic. Like a lot of weird RPG maker yeah. games, we talk about it. You know, it's not Wayne created a shield. It's Wayne manifested ablative hollow pleather. All of the NPCs in the game speak in incomprehensible, randomly generated gibberish text. Um, but a lot of it, a lot of the random text is really funny, and a lot of the non-random text is also really funny. So much of the stuff in the game is completely optional. I beat the game without even realizing there was a fourth party member I was supposed to get. And if you get him, he makes ambulance skeletons stop killing you? It's got a great soundtrack. Yes. I'll yeah, dump no. some in. RPG Maker Art Games is uh, one of my favorite genres. It's I think a, there's a lot of gold in there. It's a subgenre that is for a very specific audience, but I think I would consider Hillix one of the essential RPG Maker art games. And uh, I just like games with a very strong creative voice, and this is definitely that. Uh, and it's it's like two quid, and the game will take you three to four hours to finish, maybe. So, yeah, it's pretty sick. Have we ever talked about Krill and Flow on this podcast? I don't, I don't think know what so. that is. Because we've, we've been playing oh. Killing Floor together for literally years yeah. uh, on occasion. And I never, <laughs> never hear it, I never hear it talked about. Are we talking about Killing Floor now? Is yeah. that what's happening? Okay. Killing Floor's on the list. So we we played it a couple of times uh, recently. Like twice yeah. have we played it? But yeah. every couple of years we yeah. have picked it up and gone back to it, I would say. Yeah. At least I have. I played it, uh, I've, I've not played it as much with GLA, I don't think. I used to play it a fuck ton with um, another group I used to be part of. And I was obsessed with it. And I hadn't played it for so, so many years. And then we were like, hey, let's play some Killing Floor. And it was just immediately like nostalgia hit. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah, I really like Killing Floor. When you get in a good server, because we got in some garbage servers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like, for people who might not know what it is, it's uh, it, you might draw a comparison between Left 4 Dead in that there's a bunch of characters and there's loads of zombies coming at you. Oh, sorry. What there's are they one called? character. Zeds or whatever it's, they are. It's not like Left 4 Dead. It's but not, it it not might really. look like Left 4 Dead to the uninitiated, but it has a big focus, I would say, on... Uh, map knowledge and controlling territory and yes. controlling like what zombies can enter that territory and you know what doors yeah. you've got welded and how you're dealing with that so it's, it, it it's ends a up horde feeling, mode basically yeah, like but if it you ends think of the horde mode feeling a lot more strategic than left for dead which is more based on like reactions it's, it's interesting that you say that 
Because to me, Killing Floor is just the ultimate, I want to play a game with my friends, but I don't want to fucking think about anything aside from this <laughs> ridiculous soundtrack. <laughs> that's what Killing Floor is to me. But oh, maybe yeah. that's the, because I've played a lot of it. The soundtrack well. is so good and so funny. It's <laughs> terrible. It's so funny. There is literally it. one note in the entire <laughs> soundtrack. <laughs> But it fits. Oh, it fits perfectly. Uh, just, yeah, it does fit really well. <laughs> no, right, am I going to have to pull this up because I was just vibing to It's the very the definition of ass metal. Yeah. So yeah. Hell it's pretty yes. bad. It's but. exactly what you need when you're doing that game, though. Yeah, it does fit perfectly into it, the vibe. It also just doesn't take itself seriously. Like, your characters are constantly spouting out about, like, how much money they've got and stuff. And the, it's, it's, the made by what, like, it's made by, like, Polish people, but yeah. it's, like, full of really stupid, but also not entirely inaccurate, like, British accents. It's not Cut inaccurate. Yeah, someone grab it. And it it's set like, in England as well. It's yeah. set in England, and they do a lot of, like, British jokes as well. Confusing yeah. that they even decided to, but it works. Like there's I like Harry Enfield references yeah, and stuff. In I there. didn't realize that it wasn't made by a British team for many years. <laughs> it's just great. You don't have to uh, think about a fucking loads thing. Loads of money. I've only started playing it recently. I'd never played it before. It's it's fine. Like it's it's good at what it does. Like Shiny said, it's just kind of a mindless slaughter fest. Um, you do have to think a little bit about positioning when there's big enemies coming towards you, but it is just nice to sort of shoot shit. Um, and there's so much shit that comes your way. It's just like a grinder, essentially. You just like, you, you make a funnel point and then just kill everything that comes towards you. you have there's to so be... many guns to shoot as well. Yeah, there's they all feel of... so meaty. It has the Counter-Strike really nice. like money system where you get money after each round and then you can spend it to buy new guns and equipment, which is interesting, yeah. I think. You, you definitely have to think a lot more about what you're doing when you play on the higher difficulties because we've only been playing on like normal at most, I think. Yeah, and we still lose. Um, yeah, I used to, me and my other gang, we used to play at like suicidal level, which was like mega mega. And we would win sometimes. So maybe I'm just shit at games now. But that that's the level that you have to actually kind of think about where you are, where you're holding up, who's using what, um, what what's it called? Perk. Plus. Perk, perk, that's the one. Um, and you have to have like one of each thing. So you're holding up all different types of stuff. But it, but any lower than that, you can just be like, I just want to shoot the shit out of stuff. Can there you is, two? There you is wanna... a certain amount of medium budget, not mid noughties game jank associated with Killing Floor. I will say that. Oh, it's such a budget looking title. It's like, but... yeah. if, you, I mean, it's... if you are interested, go in. But would you guys say that you would dissuade people from trying Killing Floor 2 and instead go for the original? I haven't played enough of 2 to know. Really? I keep being told that two is bad and we shouldn't play it, so I haven't played any of it. But I have tried it three times and I couldn't get into a game. Like I had to try for a really long time to even get into a game, and when I did, the ping was sky high, so I just gave up. I don't remember having any ill feeling about it when I have played it. That's all I, I say. It just felt like more of the same. I heard forum it had a DLC posts, problem. Yeah, forum posts seem to suggest that it's not good. They've locked a lot of stuff behind, like, microtransactions. Um, it's just not as fun an experience in general because they've, of it. Yeah, they've got a lot of weapons behind microtransactions. But towards the end of Killing Floor 1, they started doing that a lot as well. So it's not something that's just a problem with the sequel. It's just something that they started doing, unfortunately. Next on the list is Animal Crossing New Horizons. Oh, okay. 
So this was the number one game that I played over the entirety of um, my lockdown. I think I am approaching a thousand hours in it now. As I suspect many people are. Yes, in- indeed, indeed. Well, you get a lot of the people who got it at the start and then dropped off in two weeks because they're like, this is boring. There's nothing to do, which is fair enough because there's nothing to do. Um, especially compared to previous Animal Crossing games, of which I've actually, to be honest, only played New Leaf. But um, it definitely feels like a game that wasn't ready for a complete release, but they decided let's release it anyway and then just do updates when the seasons happen is essentially what they've done, which I understand from a perspective that can work because the concept of trying to, like, you know, eke out the content so people like hang on for the next update and then the next update after that that in theory can work but when the game at base starts with significantly less content than the 3ds one that came out fuck knows how many years ago it's a bit of an issue like there's only two shops compared to like the whole of like main street the new leaf had like it's there's just so much less in it base content is less in this one than it was uh, than the base content in New Leaf, isn't it? Like mm-hmm. New yeah, Leaf didn't have the same yeah. update schedule. Significantly, and like I like I said, I can understand kind of why they would do that, but also it was nice to be able to have things to work towards. And like periodically, when it gets to like I don't know two months since the last update, I've been getting like you know it'd be nice to have a like a forward thinking kind of thing. It's like, oh, if I go to the shop every single day, then it's going to upgrade. But that's not the case. Like I'm not, I'm not working towards anything in the game. I'm just waiting for Nintendo to give me the options, you know? (laughs) So while I have played a lot of it and I do fucking love it, it wasn't ready to come out, but I'm glad that it did anyway. (laughs) I don't understand what draws people to Animal Crossing. I fucking love chores. (laughs) I mean, I don't really understand it. I don't understand it either, but I do find myself just keep going back to it every so often. Yeah, I haven't. There have been times where I just haven't played it for like three, four weeks at a time and gone back and found my village, island, whatever it is, covered in weeds. But I don't know. There's something. There is something that just keeps pulling you back every so often it's fucking chores game dude like it's it's happy it's peaceful it's calm even when the weather's shit it's still nice every morning i get up i have my coffee i get my four fossils i plant my new money tree i say hi to all my friends i see what's in the shop it's chores game and it's amazing that's that's the thing about it is 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 calm it's It's peaceful 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 it's tranquil it's Mm -hmm. the exact opposite of what the world is at the moment and that's exactly what you need right. sometimes a, yeah, it's a, a bit brief of an escape, slice of routine and normalcy exactly besides it's the only way you're getting outside anyway <laughs> uh, as someone who's only played it as the sidecar character really um it's really bad to play in local multiplayer and i wish they had done more to make it so that if you're like a co-op partner that you can actually do things you can't do jack shit as like the secondary player on console co-op it's like you can't talk to people you can't go into buildings like you have no control you can basically just fish and catch bugs and, and then even then they don't actually you don't have pocket space that goes straight to the recycling yeah, box in the resident bin. services it's really like they just shouldn't have had it to be honest it's it's so bad and it's like why would i want to play this in co-op 
when I like I I just I'm just following the main character around who who decided this would be fun. I mean, to Nintendo do stuff like that with Cup all the time, and I think part of it is like, oh, the parent is actually playing the game, and then their child is like in co-op, and they're not able to fuck anything up or something. Mm. Yeah. That's another thing as well. If you if you're playing on the same console because you can't have separate save files, the first person who makes a save is the only person who can influence like the island's upgrade schedule and stuff. <laughs> Buy so, another copy of Animal Crossing. Yeah, that is exactly what it is. They they seem to have gone out of their way to make people buy multiple copies. However, even if you have two copies of the game, you can only have one island on the Switch. Yes. Even if yeah. you have two, two like a, a physical copy and a download, you can still only have one save file, which is bullshit. Buy yeah. completely bullshit. Another thing that's horseshit actually is that with the two separate characters, you don't even get two sets of design slots. You both share one set of design slots. Yeah. So I can't like put in all of my meme like cat's dog faces and stuff <laughs> into the game without taking yeah. out slots that so, Shiny's using for decorations. So, yeah. So Specs came over and he he downloaded cat's dog and he just choose he chose like a design slot that just looked like it was just a blank color. So it was like yeah, that's partly fine. But it was like one of the things that I was using to color a path. Um, so, <laughs> oh, no. so like the oh, pathway no. outside someone's house, the ground was just replaced with cat's dog face like five times. But yeah, yeah. that's completely ridiculous. There's no reason for people to have the, to share design slots at the all. The inventory space thing is a big issue for me with Animal Crossing, and I keep going on about it, and people get annoyed with me for going on about it. But in a game that's just about collecting shit, and all there is to do in the game is fill out a, like, a catalogue of shit you're collecting, you should not have a finite amount of space to store that shit, and you should not have a finite amount of space to store like the... The, the sort of the designs you're making when you want to be sharing those with other people in the world when you get 50 design slots and then you can't make any more or you have to start deleting the ones that you've already got why it's like a fucking it it's not taking up space on the console it's like a text document somewhere stored within your switch's memory it's like a series of like letters it's nothing. Why can't I have infinite of that? It's bullshit. Yeah. It's busy I, work. When it almost out of time, scream yeah. your final uh, I'm opinions just, I into guarantee the void. they're going to release updates for that, but it's definitely something. There's a lot of things the game should have started with that it hasn't. But it's still good. But it's still good. Um, Fuck anime. <laughs> Animal what? Crossing. Damn. Next game on the list is Ukulele. 10 minutes starting now. Okay, so we're talking about ukulele and the impossible lair. No, I don't know if any of us have played the original ukulele, but no. I heard it was I bad. Like, not so what not. happened was, original ukulele came out, and I think, I haven't played it, but I get the impression that the developers bit off more than they could chew with the size of the game and the scope of like making a 3D platformer. And it wasn't one of those impossible things like a hat in time where it turned out really good. Um, I don't think that was the case at all. I think... A lot of the disappointment is people getting exactly what they asked for and not remembering that <laughs> things like Banjo Kazooie ultimately, like you have nostalgia for them, but they are not Banjo as good as you Kazooie remember. Banjo Kazooie is bad. I I got really bored. bad. I got bored of playing I Banjo. Agree. The so... point is, the developers have, must have sat down and said, "Well, okay, what do we do next?" and they came up with what, when I saw it, I thought was an asset flip. 
but it turns out it's actually a really good 2D platformer in the tradition of Donkey Kong Country that doesn't quite hit the highs of Tropical Freeze, but it's got a lot of unique original ideas of its own mm. that it executes really well on. Yeah. Um, so I completely avoided anything about this game because I was like, well, the first one was crap. Like, why would I care about this? Um, and then I got it for free on Epic and I saw Catsman playing it and he was saying, actually, it's really good. What made you want to play it, Catsman? I was bored in lockdown, like all these games. <laughs> but then I picked it up and I was like, actually, yeah, Catsman's right. It, it doesn't hit the highs of Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze, which is like my favorite 2D platformer, but it's got a very consistent like middle ground of, yeah, this is fun. Yeah, this is all right. And I think it all comes together as quite a good game. Um, it wasn't enough for me to want to 100% it. Uh, I didn't even get all of the Bs, which is what you get for completing every level. I did complete every level, but didn't get all the secret exits. Um, but it was enough to keep me entertained, and I think it it would be worth a purchase if you're into 2D platformers, definitely. So if you're coming from Tropical Freeze, the main differences you should know about with this game are, first off, it's got an overworld, and that overworld has interesting puzzles on it. And the puzzles are neat, and they're uh, I like games that all that do something to break up the action because um, I feel like I get easily fatigued if I'm playing a game that's the same thing over and over. But if there's a little bit of puzzle solving sprinkled in between the platforming, I can play it for much longer. And the overworld in this game is really fun. I really um, like it. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really got a lot great. of neat ideas. Th and think of like Zelda, um, like t top down Zelda is yeah. kind of the level of puzzles you're getting. It's a lot of block pushing and yeah. sort of like revealing hidden sort of walls by bombing them and things. And it's it's never too difficult a puzzle that you can't get it. Like, I don't think I ever had to look at a guide maybe once because I was misunderstanding or forgot what how one of the mechanics worked. Hmm. But um, it was it was just enough to make you go, ha, huh, that's clever, and make you feel good for yeah. solving the puzzle. It makes you feel clever, but it doesn't stump you. Um, but the cool thing is that the puzzles on the overworld open up alternate versions of all of the levels that you've already played. And these alternate versions, I do think there are a few duds in there, but generally I would consider them to be pretty clever. Like, you flip a world upside down on the overworld. They're all represented by books. You flip the book upside down. You go into the level. Now everything's upside down. Um, you do all the elemental modifiers to the levels. I won't spoil them, but there are some. There are some genuinely clever like uh, reruns of levels in there. Yeah. And it never feels like, or only once or twice does it feel like they're just recycling the level. Um, they've all I, got like new visuals, new music, new lighting, you know, all that stuff. I had a bit of an issue with it. I think if you're going to play it, what you should do is there's 10 levels and 10 alt versions of those levels. Unless you have to, to progress the plot, don't go straight back into a level once you've done it, is my advice. Because they a lot of them do feel quite samey to me, and... For me, it was like a lot of them were let's add water to this level. There's at least three that do that, I think. And then yeah. a couple of them are like, let's add ice. And one of them is just let's reverse all the treadmills in this level, which is just kind of uh. I I liked um, the let's add ice and some of the let's add water. The ones I didn't like were the ones where there was machinery in the level that was turned off in the alternate version. Yeah. I thought those were boring. Yeah, that. But, but I think it's worth going through the alternate versions of the levels because some of them, which again, I'm not going to spoil, uh, are really clever and yeah. I had a lot of fun with. There's one I can think of that I really liked specifically. What I think they maybe should have done is 
if they could have done it, cut a few of the alt levels and just make one new level yeah. with the the same amount of like asset time um rather than make a few boring alt levels um the other thing i like about this game is the struct the overarching structure is that you're trying to beat the impossible lair which is a really really long very difficult level um and you actually start the game in the impossible lair and you die pretty much straight away um i love that the collect yeah the collectibles that you get uh, each one gives you an extra hit point in the impossible lair. So it's kind of like, at some point, the number of collectibles you've acquired and your skill at the game and uh, is going up, and the difficulty of the impossible lair is going down. And at some point, they meet, and then you're like, okay, I'm going to the impossible lair. And I love games that have really difficult marathon-length end levels. That's a thing that I just really like. Um, the impossible yeah, lair itself is really good really well designed my only uh quibble with it is that the boss is a bit shite yes and it's yeah. the only boss in the game and you fight him three or four times in the lair I yeah think. four i think yeah and he while he adds new move sets sort of as he goes along it's very much just a let's iterate on the move set he had for the last fight yeah. it's not something new and i mean the- if you've played donkey kong country bosses it's the they're never good yeah, the the issue I, I thought with Tropical Freeze had some good bosses. I like Tropical Freeze's bosses. I found I Tropical Freeze really frustrating. I think you're wrong. Interesting 2D platformer bosses are hard to do if it's a pure platformer. Yeah, it's like, fine if, if it's an extra platformer, but it's hard yeah. if it's a pure platformer. I, I think they're really good in Tropical Freeze, but that's not what we're talking about. Yes. Um, the problem with Capital B in Impossible Lair is, one, it's a very slow fight most of the time because it's extremely pattern-based, so it gets boring because you've got to do it four times per run if you keep dying towards the end. Two... His hitbox is a jank as fuck. And yeah. three, it's quite often difficult to tell what move he's going to do. He's got one specific move that he like. Well, yeah, either he just has rush like trick you, wind up animations. Yeah, or he or he tricks you. But the trick you one looks almost exactly the same until like halfway through its animation. So you don't know whether to rush him or not when he's doing it. Um, also, Brand, this- do you have any opinions on this game? You played it, right? The impossible lair, like the actual like the impossible layer level is like easily the best part of the game. Yeah. From my experience, like when I was playing the original, like the, the base levels, um, I enjoyed them, but none of them really wowed me in it's, a way that tropical freeze did. It's got a very chilled out vibe. I think yeah. it's a very, it's a relaxing game to play, but it doesn't have the holy shit. This is so clever feeling that you get from playing tropical freeze. Yeah. Like the mechanics yeah, sure. of the levels are good. But they're they're what I would they're more in line with what you got in the original Donkey Kong Country Returns, I think. I'm also like I'm a little disappointed by the music because like the the game is fucking David Wise. I was just thinking this. Yeah, I re- the I music really, is so unmemorable. I liked the soundtrack, but I think David Wise phoned it in on this game. It's definitely it, not his best work. Did, it's a yeah. weird one because like it's it's got. You you can tell it's a David Wise soundtrack, and a lot of it sounds oh, yeah. similar to Tropical Freeze, like similar kind of vibe. But like the way I keep thinking about it is, why isn't this as good as a soundtrack as Tropical Freeze, which again is one of my favorite game soundtracks? Did they just pay him less so he didn't try as hard, or like how does it work? Sure, I don't you don't know. compose better if someone so flops more maybe, money. On maybe maybe he's rushed. I don't know. I have a theory with this, and that David Wise only makes good soundtracks when. 
he's got good environments to work with. And from what I've seen of uh, Ukulele in the Impossible Lair, it doesn't quite look like there are as many varied and interesting environments for levels. And I think that might be it. That's true, yeah, I, I guess. But in my opinion, David Wise only makes a truly great soundtrack if you give him a water level. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that's part of it is some good water Although, music. I say that, and his other work in Tropical Freeze was good even when it wasn't in water. So Tropical I don't... Freeze is a phenomenal yeah, Tropical Freeze soundtrack, soundtrack is yeah. like A+. Plus. Yeah. yeah. Easily one of the best soundtracks. Yeah, but the water music is the best. I don't um, know, man. Sticker Bush Sym- Symphony. Yeah, good shit. Actually, my favorite is actually the swamp music in DKC2. DKC2 is very good, like Forest Interlude and Forest Interlude um, Bayou, great. whatever it is. Uh, Bayou Boogie. Good. Bayou Boogie, that's the one. The next game on the list is Death Stranding, the first uh, ever strand yes. type game. Yes, I think you'll yes. find that Noby Noby Boy was the first strand type game. <laughs> Second he... ever strand type game. Um, uh, yes, uh, excellent. Uh, Hideo Kojima's best game since uh, Metal Gear Solid 2. Um, now, hold on here, Mike. Why? Yes. Um, I would say that, that the uh, actual gameplay, like when you when you get into the meat of the game or into like the like second kind of major act, um, it becomes this kind of infrastructure building game. The uh, the the combat is actually pretty decent once you once you kind of get over the hump of it. Uh, and uh, and yeah yeah just just some good writing, good characters. I I, I enjoyed myself all the way through. Um, and the ending features a uh, proper baby CPR. I don't think the writing is good. It's 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 Kojima writing. As someone who didn't play the game and just watched it um, on YouTube, like I skipped the gameplay because I don't want to watch someone trudge through like endless barren landscapes for hours to get to the story content. I kind of watched it while I was studying, and um, the story is quite nonsensical, as Kojima's often are. Uh, the The character interactions are all awkward and just kind of not not very substantial um and i don't really remember most of the story i just remember coming away with a sense that it was dumb and it wasn't good uh agree to disagree there um it is it is genuinely like to me like a a, an actually interesting sci-fi thing justin like positing that that there is a, a an afterlife but that it's weird and it sucks um, I mean, like the mocap was definitely, definitely like a, a contributed to this, but I thought, yeah, no, like the, the interactions besides that one, that one romance part that was incredibly weird. I thought overall, like, uh, I, I mean, you're, you're playing as this like emotionally stunted person who has a phobia of being touched. This guy who has a phobia of being touched, but constantly throughout the game allows people to touch him and stays within an arm's reach of people. Whereas if I had a phobia of being touched, I'd be on the other side of the room. It's supposed to be kind of intrusive. Like they, they, and he actually he he gets over it through the course of the story. But as yeah. as someone who doesn't know much about Death Stranding, what is this game actually about? Um. So there is an apocalyptic event. Uh. Uh. Where basically the 
the world of the dead, uh, uh, the the beach comes in contact with the real world. Um, uh, it's it's they're positing it as like antimatter, but basically um, now because of this connection, anytime there like a there's a corpse, it will release what they call chiral matter, and if a if a BT touches it then uh then it causes causes a huge explosion and all of the cities got destroyed because too many people died and then were antimatter exploded by ghosts touching them so now uh, everyone has to be cremated before their body gets touched by a ghost you play as a man called sam porter who is a mailman and his job is to deliver packages across the usa in order to link the remaining cities and um, uh, research facilities back into the chiral network, which is kind of some sort of magical after-death internet thing that they've got. Yes, yes. It's a it's an internet connected to the world of the dead, which has specific temporal properties that uh, basically you can you can uh, uh, upload like an incredible amount of information incredibly quickly. Um, uh, you can like, basically like, just synthesize stuff from kind of the future. It uses a bit of Bill and Ted logic where it's like, well, we were going to build it eventually, so let's just like backtrack it from the future and make, make it appear now. <laughs> let's not bother with the currently existing technology and go straight to the future technology. Yes, yeah, like, like they justify it in that like it's like, okay, so, so, so time is works differently on the beach and so we can just run this simulation that would take like a thousand years for any of our computers to actually run so we're just uh, but but you know we can just do that yeah um, um can we hear from woolly woolly you dropped it really quickly what what was your experience with it deeply boring <clears throat> i didn't get into the story at all i don't see what mike i don't understand what mike sees in it I felt like I was watching a Netflix original series, and that's not a compliment. <laughs> I, I totally get what you oh, mean by on. that. Oh, come on. Oh, God. Netflix is fucking garbage these days. It's not that bad. It, um, I don't know. It's, it is. Every, it everyone is. has a ridiculous name, which isn't new for Kojima. Yeah, I, mean, I found out the other day, the character called Die Hard Man, apparently his real name in the game is John McClane. <laughs> And at one point, you know, Guillermo del Toro basically like looking at the camera says, I guess some people die harder than others. Oh my god. <laughs> Guillermo she del Toro, who is not mo-capped or voice acted by Guillermo del Toro. It's just Guillermo del Toro's just, face. Just, yeah. yes. People have, yeah. people have stupid names in like Metal Gear 2, but Metal Gear is kind of tongue-in-cheek. In Death, Death Stranding and Metal Gear Solid 5 both take themselves so fucking seriously that when there's a joke, it's just jarring. Because it doesn't feel like it fits in. Everything else yeah. is so grim all the time. It's like the Princess Beach comment. Like, I'm, I'm <laughs> Princess Beach and you're Mario. It's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I love shit like that. I, 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 love, that, I love that fucking Troy Baker is just like a, a big ham and is directly telling you. It's like, come on, didn't you get bored over the last few hours? Aren't you ready for a boss fight? Isn't this what you wanted? No, because the boss fights look like trash as well. When the core gameplay loop is about walking packages from place to place and then you're expected to shoot guys for some reason in like a shoehorn section where you're back in World War II trenches, it's like what it's a really weird, jarring disconnect from what the main gameplay loop has been. And well, it's, it doesn't yeah. like... 
why not have a boss fight that relates to walking? Because that's the main gameplay concept. Like, <laughs> you've, got to, you've got to go up an ele- ele- escalator or something. It's go in the other way. <laughs> um, it's a really, really steep hill. The, uh, the thing uh, with Death Stranding for me, with the story especially, is like watching it, I was like, this should have been a radio show. I I think That's Kojima's every Kojima writing, thing. yeah, I think Kojima's writing style lends itself to radio so much better than video games because the, the gameplay is not connected to the story in this game really at all. I don't think, and in a lot of his games, it's it's not really too important. I think just if this had been like a radio show, then it would have been perfect. That's all you need. I don't it's think the, it needed I don't, visual. I don't, I don't, I don't necessarily know because, uh, like, like, Ko- like Kojima's absolute like biggest fault is that he will not like cut things out, and he does. Like, it was funny as hell when they were like, "It's like, oh yeah, Kojima Productions is thinking about doing movies," and it's like you absolutely have no skill <laughs> at condensing information whatsoever. So, like, like for for like Kojima stories, like you almost have to have it like attached to the game so that there is something to do for the hours and hours of of just basically all the shit that's kicking around in his head to to, to kind of connect to it. But itself. the problem is he presents the story through long ass cutscenes when they could have been audio logs as you walk for hours between West Knot City and Dog Knot City. Yeah. <laughs> uh yeah, no, still loved it. I, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed my time playing it. Uh, there's something very satisfying about uh, helping other people complete roads, um, and and yeah, like when you when you get into kind of that that second act where you're building up like kind of like networks to of uh, of things to like move across. It's it's fun. Again, though, with the stranding system as it is, it's hard to tell whether or not what you're doing is actually really affecting other people's worlds or whether like they did this just to help themselves rather than to help you. While you maybe benefit from what some people have done, you don't get the full benefit of what they've done. And if you're benefiting from like people who have built roads, you haven't had to walk all that way. So you can just like drive straight to the objectives and it kind of breaks the main gameplay loop, which is supposed to be about walking. It's just a weird well no they, i mean I it know. starts off as it starts off as being about walking like it, it later on like walking becomes like your your last option like uh uh yeah in the middle of the game like it it's it absolutely becomes about like doing things like like making things efficient for yourself like once you get like the zip lines when you're in like the uh the the rocky mountains and stuff like that itself becomes like a central part of the thing. Like you're just going out and setting up this kind of infrastructure. Um, and as an American who's never, never really lived with good infrastructure, uh, uh, I very much am satisfied and appreciate <laughs> that. We are out of time. Uh, if you have any more opinions, yell them into the void. Otherwise, we're going to move on. Kojima really is the Tarantino of games. He made his last good, good game like ten years ago, and now he's just doing whatever. <laughs> I will, I will, I will always, I will always side on the. You went for something incredibly weird, uh, and and some, you know, you you made an effort to be experimental as opposed to as opposed to doing something you know safe and controlled as opposed to doing something good (laughs) i'm with mike on this one but i'm happy enough to know that death stranding exists i don't actually have to play it uh the next game is celeste 
So it's I am good. I haven't finished Celeste. Um, I didn't want to keep playing it, so I stopped. But uh, I Where don't did think you it's I don't think it's a bad game. I completed at least the first three chapters. I think just after the haunted hotel. You can uh, talk about spoilers, though. I don't care. So okay. So I really liked some things about Celeste, and I really didn't like some things about it. And I think if I'd been less bored, I probably would have quit it around level three or four. The same as specs. Um, the thing about Celeste is I think it's paced badly. The levels are too long. We don't really need to introduce this game, right? It's like an anxiety-themed pure 2D platformer with very nice visuals and music and very like focused, polished gameplay. Yeah, but... so I, I played it because I heard it was like um, Meat Boy and I really liked Meat Boy when it came out. Uh, I don't know if I'm just not in the mood for that style of platformer anymore, but it just didn't click with me, so... I may as well say what I didn't like about it. It is basically do the jumps in this way to complete the level or you lose. And I and that's can... all games. Yeah, but in Celeste, it's like do them specifically very rigidly in this way. Whereas in, say, mm. Mario or Ukulele, you know, I've got some room I've, to play I about with. I think you've like... got more liberty in Celeste than you give it credit for. I, I, I would I agree feel with like him on like the B and C sides are very rigid, but the A sides, I feel like you have a lot of like freedom in how you want to go about doing things. I didn't feel like I did, and that's why I didn't enjoy it, I think. And I think it's good at what it does, and I don't think it's a bad game. I think it's just that I didn't want that, um, so it, it didn't work for me. But I, I bear it no ill will. It's just not something that I enjoyed, really. I remember distinctly, I'd never heard of the game, and then a, a day before the game came out, I saw, like, I don't know how I heard about it, but I think I saw, like, an article about it. I'm like, wait, this is, like, the, this is the exact kind of game I've been looking for, because ever since I'd played Super Meat Boy, I'd always been looking for, like, a like a Twitch-style platformer in that vein, scratch that itch. This game is so much better than Super Meat Boy. That's I why I avoided it for so long, because I didn't like Meat Boy. This is a improvement in every possible way. I did like all, I didn't 100% it because I wasn't that interested in the strawberries, but I did every level. So A, B, C sides and then Ooh. down the line, the the DLC. Damn, Brand, uh, that's a lot of Celeste. That's a lot of Celeste. I think I have like over 10,000 deaths. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but man, I fucking loved Celeste, especially like the, when I got to the, the, the grinding out the B and C sides. I just had so much fun with it. I really, really in, uh, love that style of platformer where you're just beating your head against a really difficult wall and then you get the perfect run and you just get this like rush. I fucking yeah. love it. It's a very specific kind of video game pleasure. It is. I get it's it. a I game it. that is designed to induce like a flow state. It has this yeah, very yeah. precise movement system that you always feel like you're thoroughly in control of. Um, all of that stuff I liked about it. My big problem with Celeste, and this goes for both the gameplay and the story, is that it's kind of overwrought. I think beyond the third level, like the third level, the fourth level, particularly the fifth level, the one where you fall down a big pit and have to climb out, like they go on for so long and the game has gotten all of the possible permutations of these different mechanics Um like it's it's done everything it can with all the different mechanics that are in the level and then it just keeps going sometimes for like literally 20 or 30 more screens just more versions of the same stuff but in a different order and i'm like 
oh my god, why can't the level be over? I'm bored now. I'm no longer having fun. Um, and unfortunately, I think the story is the same because it it like I like a lot of the themes and the ideas that are at play in the story. It's a story about like depression and anxiety and stuff. It's very like millennial vibes. Um, but it just explains itself too much. And it just when and it's like, okay, if I was writing this, I would cut this off now. And it just keeps going. And like all the metaphors in the story just become like incredibly, incredibly externalized and all the subtext just becomes regular text. And I was, I'm like, no, you had a good thing and you've ruined it by over explaining it. Yeah, I can see that from what I played of it. Like it, it, but there's so many clever moments in the story that I'm not willing to discount it entirely. Um, in terms of like the levels going on too long, I think you're probably right about that. Um, there was one specific mechanic I didn't like in the game, which was, like you say, sets of levels have like specific mechanics to them, and most of them are quite fun. There's one like set of levels where there's just wind, and most of the time the wind is pushing against you, like at set intervals of time. And you've got to either move when the wind's not pushing, or move when it is pushing to do specific jumps. And it just got very annoying because yeah. it felt like the game fighting you rather than letting you just do the platforming. Um, I think that's about where I gave up. Actually. I agree. I I didn't like the wind at all. I think the only mechanic I really dis well, the 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 main mechanic I really disliked was the was uh the Theo mechanic where you had to fucking oh, like God. push him around. I that is the point where I nearly quit the game. I don't think I saw this one. There's a this. level in the middle of the game called the Mirror Dungeon, and it's like the story is really good, and it's like really getting yeah. going, um, and like the characters are all good. But there is a not only does the level go on for literally one and a half hours again, just beyond its welcome time but there is a section at the end in which you have to escort a character who's trapped in a crystal and there's like enemies chasing you that attack you and you can't do stuff while you're holding the crystal and it just goes on and on and it's so not fun at all and you're just begging for it to be over and every time you get to the end of the screen there's another screen of it and you're like oh there's another screen of it why I remember really feeling that way, particularly in the B side of that level, because the B side also has you doing the escort, thankfully not the C side, but... I don't want to know, I don't want to know. Yeah, the B side of that level was probably like the least fun I've had with that game, even though it wasn't the hardest part of it, it's just, (laughs) uh, it wasn't wasn't a fun mechanic. Also, there's a mechanic in the DLC that's like really janky, that was also not fun to deal with, but I figured it out eventually. What I will say is that it does clean up its act by the end of the game, at least with reference to level design, because the final level is one of those marathon-length final levels that I really like, Um, and it does the whole, like... It does the whole thing of, like, actually making you feel like you're climbing up a mountain. Um, There is a lot of that level. Um, It's a good good one. I'm pretty neutral on it, but I do want to throw in a mention of uh, my favorite mechanic, which is the... um... What do you call it? The, the material that maintains your momentum while you jump through it. Yeah, I love that. Really satisfying. That's Because yeah. it's got so many uses. And they, they like that is that is one of those things in the game that didn't overstay its welcome because there's so much you can do with it. Uh, they, yeah, they really milked that one into good effect. The, uh, well, there's a problem... the second level is probably the best in the game, to be honest. 
there's a problem in the A sides where they don't really use um, that much of the cool stuff like that because I think that's on the B side for level two, uh, mostly that kind of material. And I think probably until you unlock the um, the B and C sides and get those extra levels, you might be missing out on a lot of the fun mechanics just because they couldn't think of ways to make them used in easier platforming sections. Maybe I don't know if if I, I guess Brands played all of it. What do you think? Yeah, the the B, B and C sides definitely take like the love the unique level mechanics way further, um, but they also like you're more restricted in how you can use them because the levels are designed in like a way that like you have to beat the level in this specific way. Um, but they definitely, I would say, especially the B sides probably are the ones that take these mechanics the furthest because the C sides are very short. They're all they're all like two or three screens long. Um, and so they, there's not really a chance to really build off of stuff at that point. It's really just, here's the hardest thing we can possibly throw at you that uses these mechanics. I think that's the end of our Celeste discussion. Yep. That gets, that's like what a cautious recommendation, depending on what kind of genre I, of game I'd, you like. I'd, I'd recommend it if you're, even if, if like me, sort of you liked Super Meat Boy, um, I, I didn't like this, but I, I still think if you're into Super Meat Boy, give this a try. If you're into I Want to Be the Guy, um, N, I think oh. is a, a similar game. Oh, yeah, uh, I love all those games. <laughs> yeah, so, um, or if you're just looking for a hard as nails platformer, 2D platforming experience, go for it. Like, I think it just didn't click with me, but. I'd say give it a go if you're into that sort of thing. Uh, the next game on my list is Among Us. Ah, yes, yes, the premier party game of uh, the, of the last like couple months. Like, so it was released two years ago, and some fucking like streamer or something was randomly like, "I'm going to play this game," and now it's a fucking now it's phenomenon. Fucking yeah, 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 yeah. And and the developers very very smartly said like, "Oh, we're not making a sequel." Because because that would act like like it's they know that they're riding a wave right now. Does um, it need one? Yeah, it doesn't need one. So they're just implementing the uh, the the features that they had planned for the sequel into into the original Among Us with its new ground ass graphics. Incredibly new grounds. It's, yeah. it's incredible. Like like God, it. It's very charming though, isn't it? Yeah, it yeah. is. No, it's 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 done well, but like this is a game that reminds me of being inside Hot Topic. Are they doing um? Are they doing more more maps? Yeah, yeah. Okay, because um, there's only yeah. three on there. There's only three yeah. maps. Either. And I I've love, watched I, this, but I haven't actually played this it. This is a hidden identity game, right? I've yes. not, yeah, it's, it's yeah. I've not yeah. seen any gameplay of it or anything. I just so, know it's hidden I mean, identity. if you're familiar with Werewolf or Mafia or Avalon or Secret Hitler, it works very much on the same logic, but like transplanted into a more video gamey setting. Would you say it's similar to Chemo Mimi Panic? Fuck off. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Yes. Um... <laughs> There's a map aware awareness aspect to it. That's not yeah, a map yeah. Thing. And there's and there's the uh, the other thing is like the task system. Basically, like like everybody gets assigned random tasks, and if they complete all of their tasks before uh, you know the killer like kills everybody, um, then then they you know you know the team wins. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely, a million times more fun with like a group of people over Discord. Um, uh, uh, you lose some of the fun of basically like li trying to listen to your friends try and lie uh, when you just do it through text. 
So I was going to say, that's my big issue with this game, is that with Hidden Identity games, I'm used to talking for the entire time. And in this game, in the in-game settings, you only talk right at the end of rounds or if someone yeah. calls a meeting. And that just feels so odd. I mean, I know the game's got like a different focus and it's intentionally divided into phases, but I just, I feel like the talking part is always the highlight of these games. And this game I, doesn't I, encourage well, I, it. I think it, I, I, I don't know how you would work around it. Though. No, I don't either. Uh, yeah. Because like, you've got different like objectives to do. You can't necessarily be yeah, like talking if someone, if someone dies and they say, oh, fuck, then like, everybody knows to immediately yeah. call yeah, yeah. a meeting and stuff. Um, but yes, listening listening to your friends try to lie is incredibly fun. Um, I, I feel like it could be qu- it can be quite good the way that it works, though, because then you have to rely on remembering what you've done during the round to kind of like put yourself out of um out of uh suspicion mm. yeah and yeah, i would uh, be fucking terrible at that i would be so bad at this game yeah I'm- yeah no <laughs> the uh the 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 key hacks mike's uh mike's among us hacks um a switch to push to talk so no yeah. one can hear you laugh while <laughs> you lie your ass off um b don't let people connect you with the body in their minds at all like let them like if you're the killer, let them form their own connections. And 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 when you say, "Wow, man, that's messed up," I don't even know who to vote for. Like, don't sound obvious like that. This has been Mike's Among Us hacks. You can you can become a top tier Among Us player okay, with, so with these secrets. What does Among Us do that say me playing Secret Hitler or Werewolf or M- Mafia or whatever like on my own time with without needing a video game component would would like what does it do better? Why it just plays why is completely it differently? Like it, it essentially at its core it is the same thing, yeah. but there's a lot more different things to it. Like there's basically there's a map that you want around and there's objective mini games that everyone has to compete in uh not compete in that everyone has to complete and then the traitor is somebody who moves around the map and can kill people while they're engaged in other tasks but you also you have a sort of peripheral vision so the first phase of the game is entirely about both doing your task and trying to keep an eye on everyone and what what they're doing and also trying to remember like where you saw people and who you saw and what they were doing at the time. And yeah, then the second yeah. phase is your traditional uh, hidden identity game where everyone just goes nuts and accuses everyone else. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. yeah. The task thing gives like a ticking clock for like the killer uh, instead of just being strictly divided into rounds. Like it, it gets divided into rounds like naturally because whenever you see a body, you can call a meeting or accuse uh, accuse other people because they walked by that body and they didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, yeah, a good amount of fun. Uh, buddy system is is always is always fun to do because it's like, yes, I am going to buddy up with this one person. I don't care if I'm not doing my tasks. Uh, and then if nobody if somebody doesn't abide by the buddy system, you immediately accuse them. <laughs> the, the genius meta genius yes the yes, buddy uh, system never fails oh yeah 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 there's different bit, bits of it that you can turn off and on like you can turn off the um the task completion tracker at the top so there's there's a basically there's a big bar that all crew members can see which updates whenever someone completes a task until it gets to complete and if you suspect someone of being the um being the killer then you can watch them pretend to do a task 
see that the thing's not updating and then accuse them based on that. But you can have modes where that you can turn that off so you can't actually see if it's updating and things like that. So you oh, can increase the difficulty based on um, different different elements of it. Ah, yes, but if you're alone in the room with them, and they they might kill you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's uh, fun. it's yeah, it's 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 fun. Uh, uh, smiles all around. I give it six smiles. All right, that's Among Us, and now the list tells me that we're on Horizon Zero Dawn. Yes, uh, uh, another game I played. Mike, you've uh, played all of these, damn. Yeah, I, I, I played like a. I did not even like go through every game. I, I, I added a couple recently. Like I just finished fucking Pathologic Two for the second time. Like uh, awesome shit. I and need very, to play Pathologic Two. Very, very timely. Obviously, yeah. um, I need to not play Pathologic One and just play Pathologic Two. Yeah, no, you, it. Yeah, yeah. You can. Everybody can skip Pathologic One and just play Pathologic Two. Perfect, perfect game for right now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, mechanically really solid. It, it's fun. It has it has like that kind of like Skyrim or Bioshock thing where it's like there's there's a boss fight that's just kind of positioned somewhere, and then you you can plan around it and like like you know set up to your to your heart's content. Nice tight controls, tight gameplay. Uh, the story is for babies and just just dumb as hell <laughs> um but but it's fine <laughs> the story never got like e- egregious enough that that i was uh, i was like i want to stop playing this because these characters suck but yeah it's stories nothing to fucking write home about uh but yeah solid uh open world exploration gameplay kind of monster huntery and, yeah, uh, at, what and- do you what do you do other than explore and you you sort of hunt robot sheep right yeah you hunt robot sheep robot sheep and dinosaurs uh which are which are basically like uh created by this big supercomputer to help uh to help like reprocess the earth uh like to to make it habitable again Um, terraform it yeah 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 but then a virus takes over uh which is which is basically another program that is that was there as like a uh safety measure of like oh what if we fuck up the terraforming we need something to just like kill everything and start over and that's that's the central antagonist it does that open world thing where it's like i i talk to you i go to quest marker i come back there's there's a decent amount of like kind of like crafting they have loot boxes in a fucking single player game which is genuinely like baffling like why they would do that but yeah yeah that's it's it's solid four smiles i've got nothing to say about this at all uh, Matt, yeah. did you uh, play it as well i i i played it uh like over a very long period on the ps4 um and yeah i i really enjoyed it i did sort of like drift away from it every so often and just drift back and like you said the the story is it's it's all right. It's not. It isn't anything incredible. Um, did you have you have, have you played the? Uh, did you play the DLC stuff? Though? Yeah, yeah. The Frozen well, and, Wilds. Yeah, yeah. And a, and a, and another part where the yeah, the story's just like all right, but it's it's some interesting like gameplay challenges. Uh, it looks great, by the way. Uh, oh like yeah. Graf- like graphically, Fantastic like it. Visually. Yeah, looks looks excellent. Except if you're spending like an hour fiddling with hdr which i've never gotten to it's like the only game i've gotten that to work in is like no man's sky uh but yeah the frozen wilds is is really good uh still same hammy kind of story but like some decent uh some decent upgrades 
I, I, I would recommend if you're in if you're looking for an open world game that's not Pathologic Two. Yeah, it's I'm, kind of I'm not. Monster Hunter light. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I don't what, really like Monster way? Hunter, but it in in that you go around and you harvest things from monsters to upgrade your does gear. It, does it still run like shit on PC? Ran pretty well for me. I I know like a bunch of people had issues like at launch, but it largely seems to seems to run pretty well for me. Because it was one of the games that I was like, mm, maybe I should get a PS4, but never did to play. And now like, I, I kind of would like to give it a try, but... It's definitely slow in the first act where they're trying to like do their whole fucking story and how fucking important it is and blah, blah, blah. It's I love a, a shit a, story, though. Yeah, it's, it's, very, it's very like hero's journey kind of Hunger Games-y shit. Stun. Love it. If you're a fan of young adult fiction where things are divided into trilogies and there's like a <laughs> and there's like a cute boy but then you realize in like the second part that like there's actually this other cute boy that you might really like uh, but then in the third part you go back to the first cute boy That's not what that- the Hunger Games is about. <laughs> no. Then this is the game for you. That's why the movies were shit because they missed the whole point of the book. The whole point of the Hunger Games was read the first one then don't go any further. False. Yeah. Listen, no. listen, listen. If you if you if you read books for the cute boys, then play Horizon Zero Dawn. <laughs> if you don't read books, play Horizon Zero. Yes. Wait, shiny. You read Hunger Games. I read all of them. Yeah, and I you really enjoyed books? them. Yeah, exactly. I don't really like books, but I really the, you fucking liked the liked... third one. Oh, it was Devo. I was no, so upset dude, at the, the end. The third one was irredeemable garbage. I like books that are that are all nonfiction and about uh, uh, about cooking and, I and like political theory. Religious texts. Ooh, <laughs> you we do, got a, don't we got, you? I we do. Got, we got a little Josh Sawyer over here. Did you ever finish the Quran? No, I haven't finished it yet. I put it down a while ago, and I haven't picked it back up, unfortunately. Did you ever finish that book with the seven trumpets about how the world's yeah, going to end? Oh, that was God, short. that one's great. Now that's on my shelf somewhere. I would I would highly recommend Book of Revelations. Like genuinely one of the we, coo- yeah, one of the cooler things like ever written. Like it's like, like the Game of Thrones of the Bible. That's not <laughs> it's, it, no. It's like it's 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 like fucking phantasmagoria. Of the, the Dark Bible. Souls of religious texts. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. No. It's 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 way easier. Uh, I agree. Than, it, doesn't, it doesn't take it doesn't take long to get through, and it's a really cool surreal horror story. Yeah, yeah, it's, it it's, it's revelations. genuinely, genuinely like insane. Like if you're if you're looking for pandemic reading, Book of Revelations. Well, we were it. just we were sat at my house like when everyone was round and through the it it was at the meetup, wasn't it? No, like, I think it was through, just when it was the was week before and the meetup, and it was just us. Yeah. And then like the, the door knocked. comes through like my my letterbox, and there's just a like biblical text has been dropped for free through my letterbox, and it's just like someone's dissertation on the Book of Revelations, and it's got like uh, it's got like stuff explaining what the seventh trumpet means and things like this, and it's it's just like. Just Why did you put this thing once, again, once, again, once again, I am very delighted how your country is becoming much more like mine. 
That mm-hmm. was an exception to anything I've ever experienced before. That yeah. Wasn't... Uh, oh, oh no. We get we get like a like local psychics will uh, will do things like they will uh, they'll they'll like circle things in newspapers and then drop them off at your house. Saying, "I thought you would be very interested in I this." Just, I just this is completely off topic, but I just remember another funny thing that um, we received through Specs's post post box was like you know how sometimes you get like junk mail, which is like a Domino's menu on that shitty plastic paper. Yeah. 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 We got that, but it was for someone selling weed. Do you remember awesome. that? Yeah, awesome. No, it, awesome. It wasn't for. It's it was for cool. like a CBD store, so I think <laughs> it was <laughs> legal. But... CBD doesn't do jack shit. So, uh, if you, uh, hey, folks, if you've got, if if you've got uh, imposter syndrome, CBD, that's the drug for you. <laughs> One thing came through my door today, seeking of both Domino's and imposter syndrome. Um, Romino's Pizza. <laughs> That was one of the funniest fucking things because I grew up in the in like around Washington D.C. and Maryland hadn't legalized weed, but D.C. had. Um, so it's it's really funny to just like the you know the the capital of the, the the fucking country, and you'll just walk down like a block, and all of a sudden it'll just reek of fucking weed, and there'll be a guy like just like, hey man, uh, we don't have our license yet, so uh, you get a free bag of weed if you buy this twenty dollar t shirt. <laughs> <laughs> So apparently the way that Sunday trading laws worked in this country for years meant that uh, you'd get um, sort of uh, furniture stores that would sell you a carrot for £200 and then you'd get a free wardrobe with it. Sunday trading laws, man. Fucking Church of England fucking bullshit. Great, now I need something on a Sunday and I can't buy it. I hope God's happy. That's what God would want. He'd want you to be hungry on a Sunday. Yeah. Do yeah. we have any more games? <laughs> um, yeah, we do. Uh, Spiritfarer, go. Fuck Spiritfarer. Fuck Spiritfarer. Like, fuck Spiritfarer. Uh, fuck it. Fuck God, it. Okay, fuck okay. it. Dumb. So, need, you need dumb. explanation to this. Okay, Spiritfarer. I, play, I, um, I haven't finished it yet. So I started it. I fucking loved it. Right? First five hours, I was like, do you know what? I'm playing this game on Game Pass, but I'm going to buy this game because I'm enjoying it so much and I feel like I'm going to get a lot of time out of it. The reason for that is because the first mm, three characters you meet are absolutely lovely, really, really nice. Like, you get an attachment to them and it's amazing. After that point, every single character you meet is an absolute fucking cunt. Yeah, every yeah, single no, one of them is very a happy beast. that they're you're very happy that they're dead very very happy that they're gone i'm like i cannot get rid of you soon enough at all biggest pain in my ass in the entire world hated him was trying to get rid of him for fucking weeks however the, the way <laughs> yes. that Atoll leaves is completely horseshit so Basically, when you when you um, like complete your storyline with each character, you're meant to take them back to the Everdoor so that they can go onto the afterlife, you know, in peace, whatever. Atoll is one of the ones you're meant to deliver, but when it's his time, he just fucking disappears. And I was like, oh shit, is that a bug? Is this broken? That's something that a lot of people were like putting on Reddit, like, oh, Atoll's gone. Is this broken? No, that's an intended plot narrative thing in the game that they never explain where they explain it is in the art book that you have to purchase separately from the game (laughs) what apparently where they put about i would say maybe 70 percent of the story of this game 
is in the art book that you have to buy separately from the game. They don't put the storyline for the game in the game. They put it in the extra stuff that you have to buy separately from the fucking game. And on top of that shit, there is a that stupid song that you have to play to make things grow. You don't have to do that, though. You, you don't have to, but, like, yeah, to, to, to get through, like, just the monotony of, of just sailing to different places. But the fucking rhythm cues are off. Yes. Oh, my God, yeah. They're, they're it's, like, all like, it's all, like, the, the, the button presses are all, like, ex- like, equal, but the rhythm for the song isn't. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, yeah, it, it's not even, like, Except everything on the buttons is so it it's it's not like, even like on top of on top of the beat. Like we're talking like a full like eighth note off. It's off. It's off the beat. Um, it's fucking it's fucking stupid. Uh, I wish I wish the uh, the artist all the love in the world. Like it's 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 very pretty. Beautiful, you, beautiful game. Yeah, yeah. You go. That that cat's adorable. I love the the little like uh, animation where like the cat's on like a glowing ball, so it doesn't have to touch the water. Uh, yeah, all that all that uh, cute as hell. Uh, the the person who designed this though, uh, you suck. I have never had such an extreme turnaround on the way I felt about a game. Like, ever. Like, literally the first 10 hours or so, I was like, this is so nice. I'm really enjoying this. I love this fucking game. And now I don't even want to finish it. Yeah. Because I'm just like, this is a fucking stupid shit game does, and I hate the people Does that the game it. even tell you that you should be, like, reading supplemental information no, for the story? No, it doesn't say anything. He's just, it's just... I found that out because Rusty told me while I was streaming. Yeah. It doesn't tell you anything. The yeah, other you know thing what? is, so oh, apparently, ahead. if you own this game on any platform other than Steam, you can't, like, the art book is digital, and it's DLC on Steam. So if you own it on the Switch, you can't just buy the digital art book on Steam, because you <laughs> need to own the original game on Steam to purchase the DLC, which is the art book. I love sitting in front of my TV and reading a book on it. <laughs> Yeah. It's just, oh, it, ma- it makes me so angry. Fuck um, this game. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, definitely, definitely dumb. You know what, you know what, when I think of, like, co- talking about, like, a subject like death and loss and, like, like what people mean to you and how you get attached to them, you know what I think with that? I think crafting mechanics. So, no, I'm not going to shit on, like, any of the gameplay mechanics because I enjoyed that part of it. Like, Is I liked building my crossing? Tetris. no. But in no. a, in uh, in some ways, yes, it's chores game. Okay, it is so, it is the worst strand type game I played this it's year. It's not strand type. <laughs> it's not strand type. It is chores game though. Like you have to go to different places to like harvest materials, and then on your boat you have to have like five different things so that you can make the materials into one thing, and then put them all together to build it into another thing. So there's a lot of like there's a lot of grinding chores work that you have to do, but that's not that I, that's not something I would ever criticize. Aside from the mechanics of some of the the chores machines, because they're not really explained super super well. But games having chores, I love, so I'm not going to criticize it for that. I will I will criticize it all day every day for the way they handle the story, or not because they put it in the art book. Yeah, pissed off. Don't don't play Spirit Fair. If you have Game Pass, you have access to... Just fucking to... read the wiki, because that's more it... of the game than the game is. Yeah, <laughs> if you have Game Pass, uh, you do have access to the preview for World of Horror, which is a ton of fun. Which I, I yes. also need to play that. 
We, I don't have a slot booked for World of Horror, but uh, now that I know multiple people here have played it, and I've been watching Happy Man streams of it, World of Horror looks fascinating. Awesome. Uh, do, great. Do, do you throw the game? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Um, uh, Down like... to the unsatisfying endings. <laughs> I hope <laughs> not. I've, I've never That's... seen an ending because Willie hasn't completed it I, yet. Yeah, I, haven't, fair, I haven't survived a full run. Um... Be fair, Catman, That's just me fucking up the quest. <laughs> yeah. Right, if you time. fuck up the quest, you get a Junji Ito ending. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Which is which is you know it's 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 poetic. Um, like a lot of the artwork has like some great fucking body horror. Like if you've ever gotten the condition holes, it's mm. uh it's it's very very unsettling. The whole uh, game is just gorgeous with the one bit palette and the weird monsters and stuff. Yes, yes, second best one bit game I've ever played. It really puts in the extra effort to present itself as an old computer game. It looks very legitimate. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't it doesn't have any like the weird like kind of clunkiness that you would you would have in those like obviously full mouse support like it um. Yeah, we're not it we're not going a, through dwarf fortress here. It has a slightly unintuitive user interface. Slightly, it's it's not like a huge uh, learning curve. Yeah, play World of Horror. It's fun. Good music. I will. Do you know what? I will. Good. I'm gonna just to get that just to get that spirit fair taste out of your fucking mouth. Yeah. Like it's it's so. <laughs> Do you know fucking... what pisses me off? I I I'm gonna finish it because I have to. Because <laughs> you've already but played it for it. so many hours. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, other thing about spirit fair, no cute boys. No one you gives know, a I, shit about cute boys. I've stopped <laughs> trying to finish games. If I'm not enjoying a game, I immediately put it down and play something else. I was like, yeah, I was like fifty fifty idea. on being like, should I just drop it? But I. At the start, I was like, I'm going to 100% this game. And mm. I can't go from that to just not finishing it at all. So no. I'm just going to finish it. Don't, um, you don't force yourself to finish games. That's what Specs I, I, does. I, I, no, <laughs> I, I, I finish a lot of games. Uh, uh, like, I, I, I need to, like, finish something if I, if I start it, even if it's shit. And that's how, that's how I, I muscled through, like, another terrible terrible young adult fiction game uh uh, uh a plague tale innocence it's just awful that looks like a fun game though awful. i thought it looked cool it, 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 it like like once again the art people you're you're the best you're like uh like those rats are genuinely terrifying and they've got this yeah. cool like kind of swarming behavior the story dog shit it's children having a, an adventure it's children having an adventure and it's the it's it's again standard young adult thing so it's like oh it's a, i'm a teenage girl but now i have to take on responsibility it's a for coming my of age story yes all yeah. coming, coming of age stories are the same it's fine yes. they don't have to be different uh, yeah. it's, except uh, this no. one's got millions of rats yeah millions of rats and oh man there's an evil inquisition going on and oh there's tension between you and your and your little brother who's your ward oh and your little brother has uh rat king little yeah, brother yeah yeah rat king little brother which is played off for the most part as like either he has like a seizure disorder or peanut allergy equivalent um yeah, yeah, it's it, it checks every single fucking cliche. Um, they made probably probably the best developer glow up of all time uh, because the game they followed that up with was Microsoft Flight Simulator. If it's got so many rats, does it have Halo Three rat? Probably somewhere. <laughs> 
Why is there a resurgence in Halo 3 because, rat Because right the Halo now? 3 came out on Game Pass. I don't know. I'm just Halo 3 rat. I enjoyed Halo 3 rat when I saw him in Halo 3. I said to Specs, oh my God, Specs, there's a rat here. <laughs> and then I found out that there was also a meme of other people who felt exactly the same way when they saw that rat. <laughs> Would you say that you felt like a connection with those people, even though they weren't there? Yeah. That's yeah. the strand type. Is yeah, strand strand type? Type? yeah. Strand this, is type he, this is what he was going for. Do you know, I know I, I didn't chime up at all when we were talking about Death Stranding, but do you know in like turned me off from wanting to play Death Stranding? Was it watching the story in the previews no, they did? No, it was it playing the Kojima's other game. Playing <laughs> Kojima's other game. That's a, that's a smart games. move, that is. <laughs> because like, I, I heard about the whole thing where the, the babies come from uh, just thousands of women in comas. And then I played yes, his yes. other games and I was like, oh, he just really hates women. <laughs> yeah, that's so, he, has, he has very weird fucking views on, on women. Um, it's uh, an odd uh, way to pronounce the word fetish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I personally like how you're carrying around basically an infant version of Piss Christ in, uh, in like a little tank for the whole game. I've just scrolled. I'm, I've been scrolling through uh, 4chan while we've been recording this. And, Why do you uh, torture yourself? There's a thread on the Halo 3 rat that's just come up. I don't like to go on 4chan, but if I like you how, want I, to get, give me the link, then I, I, like how, I like how 4chan has <laughs> basically turned into just like Reddit, but with like the N word. Yeah. <laughs> no, Reddit, dude, but with that's... even more slurs. Yes, I was going to say, Reddit is already Reddit with the N word. God, they Let's talk about another video. They lost their They hate Halo 3 Rep because it's a normie what? meme. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. What other games do we have? The next game on our list, and I've reordered it because we've had a lot of 2D platformers, is uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake. Yeah. 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 It's the comfiest nostalgia blanket I've ever been wrapped in. <laughs> it really is. It's it's weird because like I the whole time during development I was like how are they gonna fuck this up how <laughs> how bad is this gonna be and yeah. we pl like Moogle played it I watched him throughout the whole of it so I've not actually played it myself but like it continuously impressed me with uh, like the way it integrated the the original sort of tropes and themes uh, the way it expanded upon them and the new things it did as well were not all bad usually quite good actually so um yeah i thought it was really cool i feel like it is a game that is entirely a vehicle for its eight disc soundtrack which is more expensive than the game itself but <laughs> even so I, I i haven't bought it because i'm not going to but that soundtrack is it's very fucking special it is some of the weirdest musical choices I mm. have ever heard in a video game, but somehow also they fit perfectly. Um, there's a song called Do Recompense, which if you could lay over here, Catsman, because I love it so oh, much. Oh yeah, that slaps. It's such a fucking weird choice of song. It's like a mix of dub and like techno and, and just odd. It's, it's a and very imaginative arrangement so of a good. song that wasn't that interesting in the original. I don't yeah. know if it wasn't interesting, it fit perfectly where it, it was but at the same time this is somehow better and i don't yeah. understand how and then there was the the way that they got lots of like musical composers from across the japanese video game community to join in as well because they've got like the ace combat guy they've got several others as well i think that that um contributed to the soundtrack 
Like, really, really weird. It's perhaps the most varied soundtrack I've ever heard for a video game, um, but it, it does it so well. Yeah. It's a, it's very... I really like, like how they did the dynamic music. It shifts yes. a lot depending on what's happening. Uh, one thing I noticed, like, it, it really holds out. It makes you wait for the main battle theme to kick in. Yes. Like, the main battle theme doesn't, doesn't come in. Like, they play bits and pieces of it throughout the intro. Mm-hmm. But then, after you're, you've blown up the generator and, you, and you're fighting the Shinra soldiers, there's one moment where the entire, the full battle theme you recognize kicks in. And I'm like, holy shit! So they do this. They do this other thing where there are no duplicate tracks in the game. So like, if there is, I mean, later on in the game, they'll they'll like reuse a couple of them for some of the VR combat missions that you can do. But all of the boss themes are unique. All of the areas have unique battle themes. It's absolutely ridiculous how much effort they put into the soundtrack. Yeah, this is the Um, power of an absolutely gigantic budget. Tell me about the gameplay and story. Um, I so, like both, to be honest, but like Specs will comment on, I guess I'll comment on gameplay and so will Happy and Specs will comment on story. Yeah, that's I fine. Guess. Yeah, I'll leave you guys to talk about gameplay. Gameplay, I enjoy it. I went in with very low expectations because Final Fantasy XV is complete fucking garbage. Um, but they actually have managed to create a hybrid action and turn-based system that I don't hate. Yeah, I was afraid it was going to play it. like, it was, I was afraid it was going to play like fifteen, and I was yeah, proved like wrong. Yeah, you you sw- <clears throat> you switch between playing each character, uh, and you're encouraged to kind of consistent constantly switch between them to make use of their unique abilities. Uh, everyone plays pretty differently. Uh, Tifa is the funnest because she plays most yes. like she just plays like a, a platinum game. <laughs> she plays like an action game character. Like it's fairly light action game character, but there are some other things you can do with canceling and animations and. All sorts of other stuff, but um, I think the only one that's not that interesting is is Aerith, um, and even then, she's got her own kind of stuff that you can do with her. She's just she's just very much like white mage, black mage character. Like she's, she's got big hits though that feel good to she do. Does but unfortunately, I have learned over time that Tifa just outclasses her in every single respect. Unless you desperately need like magic type damage, um, Tifa just completely outclasses her. The the great thing about this game, especially compared with the original as well, is the materia system is really good in this. So you can build your characters to be a lot of different ways. Um, they've each got kind of, I think it's like five or six unlockable weapons, yes. um, which you, you don't have to grind the weapons very much um, to sort of unlock their full ability. And each of them is tailored for like, you'll have a balanced weapon, you'll have an attack type weapon, a defense type weapon, a magic type weapon. And because you've got these different sort of skill sets almost for your characters, you can build them in completely different mm-hmm. ways to make, say, Cloud feel like just a magic user, or you can make him feel like just a rushdown attacker, or you can make him a support and you can sort of mesh these abilities together to make a very different feeling party, uh, even with the same three characters in it. So I feel like the the real downside of the original Final Fantasy VII is that every character ends up feeling exactly the same. Yes. yes. With the exception of the like a couple of things like their limit breaks and stuff it's like that. It's just limit breaks for but me in Final Fantasy VII. I, Final Fantasy VII Remake does a lot to actually make everyone feel different and actually usable and worth taking. And yeah. I really, really enjoy that. And even then, you've got ways that you can switch them up. Like, Barrett's a gun arm user, but, like, two of his weapons are melee weapons. He's got, weapons. like, a drill, doesn't he? He's got, he's got like, a claw. I think he's got either two or three. There's a claw and a cannonball. 
and maybe there's a drill, but that yeah. might just be in the original game. I can't remember if they added it in for this one, but whatever. Um, either way, I'm really impressed with the gameplay section of things, and I'm yeah. really happy that it, it ended really up well. good. Because I had no expectations for it whatsoever, um, and it pleasantly surprised me. The bosses as well aren't just like damage sponges. Yes. There's usually a bit of strategy, like you've got to hide mm-hmm. behind cover, or you've got to target specific areas, or drop things on them, so yes. they work really well too. Like, and there's there's a nice ebb and flow between using your auto attacks and then building up using your auto attacks to get like the magic or whatever else, and... Uh, I was pleasantly surprised that it wasn't brain dead to play. Like maybe if you put it on easy mode, it is, and that's fine. Like for those people, but I I hated that Final Fantasy VII is too easy, and it's just it's just boring to play. This was not boring to play at any point. Yeah. Um. So story, I'll touch on. I don't want to give too many spoilers, I guess. But um, the original Final Fantasy VII, I only played it uh, for the first time like four or five years ago, I think. I didn't play it as a kid. Um, and it really impressed me, the original, with the pacing of the story and the way that like scenes would shift from sort of, um, not exactly like FMV cutscenes, but just the, the like little in-engine cutscenes to you playing. And I'd be, I'd be watching Cloud stand there and then be like, oh, I'm in control again. And um, that was really cool. And Final Fantasy VII's story is actually quite good. I really enjoy it. Um, The remake didn't hit for me. And the reason is it's not a remake, exactly. Um, Rather than go into it in full detail, because Woolly's not finished it yet, what I'll say is they they change the story from what it is in the original and they make it really dumb and they make weird plot decisions and it's not a remake, it's a kind of soft sequel that takes place at the same timeline as the original. Without kind of spoiling it, I can't say much more than that, but I don't like how the story plays out, especially towards the end. If it had been done as a straight remake, I think it would be perfect with what they add to the story uh, and what they flesh out in the story, the way they sort of um, give some of the characters better backstories and things. But what they do towards the end of it is just no. It's just a hard no from me, and I don't really think that the next game is going to be... um, I don't think it's going to follow the same plot lines as the original at all from Does now on. Does it have on. to do with Sephiroth? Because I noticed he's a, yes. he's a bigger factor in yes. the first part of this game. Yeah, hmm. yeah, definitely. So the, the easy way to put this is that a long time ago when Final Fantasy VII Remake was first announced, I mean like back in 2006, 2007 time, um, they said that Final Fantasy VII's remake is the last part of the compilation of Final Fantasy VII. Um, which is all the expanded universe stuff that they ended up doing with Advent Children. And spoilers, and... if you've not played the rest of the Final Fantasy VII compilation, it's fucking shit. It's garbage. <laughs> um, although there are there are bits, there are individual little bits that work, and they actually reuse those particular bits in Seven's remake, um, just to add flavour to it. So there are characters that show up in um, Seven Remake that are in the expanded stuff um, that you wouldn't know if you hadn't played those, and I didn't know some of them as well. Alright, because... this, this doesn't really mean much to me, so I'll just talk about the stuff I like. Uh, they expanded, I think they, they made Shinra a lot better in this, like mm-hmm. as a, it feels it, it's portrayed a lot more like a real company. Yes. They uh, brought it up to, up it has to a modern cor- spec with corporate negligence and it has corporate, a corporate evilness, culture. yeah. They, yeah. They also reference the, like, a lot of the poor people in the slums are like chafing under the gig economy or whatever. Mm, it feels yeah. a lot more modern, 
which is yeah, this is a, like fake this news. Is a giant is a company thing. Making fake this news game, is a thing of... in it. It's great. It feels like a place that people actually live and work. I think mm. they've captured the feeling of a, a city with like of the slums quite well, actually. Mm. And um, it's got it's got a really like upbeat vibe for most of the game, actually. Even though the people are like living shit lives in the slums, um, it's still got a happy vibe the way it's portrayed, which means it doesn't feel gloomy and depressing, which is quite nice. It's yeah. the best game I've played this year. Uh, As in released this year, it's the best game that I've played that was released this year. D despite my uh, problems with the story, I think it's great. It drags in a couple of places, but mm. uh, it's it's not too bad. Um, I I really liked it. Uh, damn it, I had more I wanted to it. talk about. Yeah, no, man, go, give us, give us a more. few more thoughts. Uh, the characterization of Cloud is really good. They make him a lot more like an antisocial dork. <laughs> He's uh, a dork. The all the girls being really flirty, I could take or leave. It feels like kind of fan servicey to me, but whatever. Uh, I feel like he's the kind of person that they would be flirty with, and I think it's adorable that he's, he just doesn't know what to do. Chadley is fucking hilarious. He's my favorite <laughs> yes. new character. Yes. <laughs> he, just, he just offers offers you to kill him. Yes. <laughs> the Chadley. The Chadley. The Chadley's Ch Chad the best. I'm glad he's in. Yes. That's Lots it. of people don't like Chadley, but I really like I Chadley him. as well. I, I like him. all of the new stuff they've put in. None of it feels too out of place, other than like the, the weird stuff to the story. Yeah, so. that'll become more apparent as you play Happy. I don't dislike it. I actually have reasons that I like it. But we'll probably end up talking about it more at the like at our games of the year. Yeah. Bit, so like we can leave it. Like, then. I I I think that's probably a good shout. Uh, the next game on the list is Halo. Hey. Yeah. It's Halo. So tell us uh, about Halo. So we, me and Shiny, have been playing through all of the Master Chief Collection on Game Pass. Um, the the remasters of Halo. I've played them before. Shiny's never played them before. Brand new. Um, most of them are still quite fun. I'd say Halo One and Two haven't actually aged very well, but Halo Three onwards hold up really well for me, at least. Although those were the games I played the most, so it may just be like my nostalgia is for Halo Three onwards more than it is for One and Two. Um, what did you think as a newcomer, so, Shiny? So, so the best ones: ODST and Reach, hundred um, percent. Halo has a problem with ending their games; they they just stop. A lot of them feel like they just stop. I disagree um, with you on this. When we but... had, well, it happened in two where there was that weird, like, not really boss fight, but it was kind of meant to be a boss fight, apparently, and then the game just stopped. One and three are okay because they're like, oh, let's have a sick, like, escape on a fucking car sequence, which is like, okay, tight, whatever. ODST, I literally said to you, okay, should we stop there and pick up tomorrow? And you said, no, it's finished. <laughs> Um, Reach was a good ending, I think. Reach had a really good ending. Um, but, it, yeah, so so one to three, I feel like I was just running from one place to another place and shooting guys, and then we went somewhere else and I was running from a place to a place and shooting guys. And there's not a lot of feeling of plot relative stuff happening in... I don't know. It, it, when you're actually playing it. I think it, maybe you might have been hurt by the fact that I knew what I was doing. Yeah, so like I, I, think so. I wasn't waiting around for things. I, I um, think that probably has a lot to do with it because um, if, if you're playing in, in multiplayer, whoever is in the lead, um, if you're too far behind them, you just get teleported onto their spot after a little bit. So I, I missed a lot of things because I was just sometimes dropping randomly somewhere that I had no fucking clue where I was. Um, so there was that. I, th I think that's probably a lot of it. Like if I'd been playing on my own, and exploring it might have felt a lot different in that Definitely regard. Definitely Halo 1 and 2 have a problem with 
telling like telling you something over voice comms like a character will say we need to get to x location and then it just kind of leaves you without a waypoint or anything and halo one's environments are way too big and they all look uh, the same and well halo two halo one is too big and a lot of it looks the same so it's hard to orient um where you need to be go where you need to be going, where, where you, you need, need to be to going. Be going. <laughs> Halo 2 has the opposite problem. The environments are cramped and they all look the same. So you can't tell if this corridor is the one that you've already been Everything in. Everything is a labyrinth. Halo 3 onwards, I think, give you a good sort of indication as to where you're supposed to be going and what you're supposed to be doing. I Halo think... 3 via level design, Halo ODST and Reach via giving you actual objective markers. Yeah. I, th- I think they did it the best in ODST because it didn't just say, you have to go here it was like you have to go here for this reason so it kind of brought the plot into the gameplay so you're like okay this is why i'm going to this location because i'm moving i'm you know i'm achieving this thing for for my for my gang for my squad i really enjoyed being the arbiter and i want the arbiter to be a playable character in every single game in in every game (laughs) every game i think I think a lot of people are on board with that as well. Yeah. The Arbiter is... Arbiter I mean, for Smash. He's um, in Killer Instinct. But he's not in Smash. He's not in Nintendo. <laughs> um, um, I, but I liked Arbiter I had something else to say. What, did I, what else well. I had to say? I want to talk about Halo 2's cutscenes. Halo 2, they remastered all of the cutscenes and they look really cool. Yeah, it was really, really cool. So was it in the first one as well, where if you press tab, you can switch between the original game and the the new one? I thought that was really, really interesting because I watched most of it in like, um, obviously the the new version and occasionally I'd just be like, I wonder what this looks like in the original game. I'd tab through and it'd just be like fucking polygons and squares around. It was really funny. Yeah, I have some slight slight issues with the with the Halo One remaster as well, though, because there's points where you can be shooting at something, lining up your shot for something. You take the shot, and in the remaster, it it looks like you should be able to hit it, but you swap it back to the old version, and you see you're actually just looking at a rock, and yeah. it just and it's it's really jarring, and certain levels like uh. Was it? Is it Guilty Spark where you meet the start meeting the flood? Uh, um, yes, yeah, around that, there. Yeah. In the original, it's a little bit bland and grey, but but sort of the feel of it is meant to be kind of this oppressive, like very alien sort of thing to make you feel like something's always going to burst out mm, of the yeah. wall at you. Whereas in the new version, it's bright and it's bloom and it's awful, and I hate it. That's fair. And it just enough. loses all of that feel of actual yeah. oppression and just you know because it's it's so light as well. You don't you never need to use your you don't feel Yeah, you don't feel like it's um mm-hmm. sort of scary and dark. I don't it's, think I ever actually did use my flashlight. Maybe in exactly. Halo One, yeah. When if you're playing it in the original version, because it's it there are uh, are more than just the first bit where you're in the tunnels and the ship that you actually do need to use the flashlight mm-hmm. because it does actually get dark. Yeah. Uh, it's really interesting what they did with the graphics. Like, the game is still running the original game engine and it's just an additional graphics engine that they've plonked on top. So mm. when you hit the tab button, it just turns off the additional graphics engine to show you, like, what it's sort of emulating or, or kind of the native underneath halo one that's going on so that's very it's really cool same with it, the music as well cool. music and audio they've yeah. remastered 
Well, they did the same thing with uh, Command and Conquer. Like you could, you could like just hit tab and see like this is what's going on in the original. Yeah, it's it's really nice to be able to do that though, and I really I'd like if all remasters had that option to just flip back to what it looked like before. I remember playing the Monkey Island remaster and spending the whole time flipping back and forth between the new graphics and the old graphics. Yeah. I remember playing the Fable remaster and just wanting to switch back to the old Fable because they completely fucked up the remaster. They remastered Fable? Yeah, I know. Fable right? Anniversary. Yeah, Fable. Yeah, yeah. They put it in like a new engine and like a bunch of the models like didn't translate over. Like uh, it, it, it looks like shit. Um, but any, yeah. any last thoughts on Halo? Before One we more move thing on? to say about Reach. Yeah, they only give you the energy sword right at the end of a level. So you get it and then you lose it immediately. <laughs> and that, oh, hurt me, hurt my feelings every time. Um, the uh, Halo still holds up pretty well, other than maybe uh, some of, some difficulties with Halo 1 and 2. Um, ODST has the best soundtrack, followed by Reach. True. ODC's um, soundtrack's really good. Halo 1 through 3's soundtracks is just one song rearranged multiple times. Halo ODST actually has a soundtrack. That's my opinion. In Halo 3, I think it's Halo 3, you get the Enya soundtrack. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah, no, you do right. get the Enya music. Get, yes. that, get that Orinoco flow going. Yes. <laughs> There's a bit, there's a leitmotif they use in Reach that sounds like um, the leitmotif for, like, the main one for Shrek oh as well. Oh yeah! at the end, oh, yeah. There's, so there's two fucking things for, for fucking Halo, because it's, oh, and then da-da-da-da, like, that's it, right? Like, are there any that's other That's Halo motifs? 1 through 3. <laughs> Halo, ODST, and Reach have actual other songs, and I don't think ever even used that. Maybe once in the game. I think they do the Yeah. Oh, dude, no, there's a, there's a, a making of videos uh, where, like, Steve Vai is in there just, like, fucking shredding that. The best thing in Reach is that song that goes... That one oh no, good. we're going yeah, back the, into the, Specs humming territory. Yeah, no, the, that was the the one where like the um, elite guards, uh, prop. Uh, what are they? The, the zealots. Yeah. Zealots. That's the ones. Uh, they See, come he knows in and, it. and stab <laughs> the, uh, just pull the guy out of the doorway, and he's like, "Oh." The next game we're going to talk about <laughs> is uh, Fall Guys. No. Yes. Yes, uh, 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 right up there with Tony Hawk's in terms of uh, uh, games that you don't really have to commit a whole bunch of time to. Um, just stupid, fun party game. Uh, but apparently, like, Devolver Digital's most successful game. Uh, I can um, imagine. I mean, yeah. there was a period, like, a month ago when everyone on Earth was playing it. Yeah, and it's 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 it's... It's nice. It's it's fine. It's uh, it's it's the 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 onion thing about deers. Deer are fine. Um, I like the uh, I I do like the uh, the soundtrack. This you know just like relentlessly happy, really blaring kind of music is it's it's fine. It's fun. I only played it briefly, but I guess it's getting to the point now that people are getting way too good at the game. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like uh, uh, I get eliminated in the first round all the fucking time. Uh, so I, ha- I, I've, I've only rarely seen like uh, uh, the rest of it. I imagine if I played a bunch, I could get better at it. 
are people still playing it? Like it, yeah. it seems like it was so big for a couple of weeks, and it, then it's just like nobody cares anymore. It had a season two thing happen recently. Yeah, yeah. It's doing um, a, it's doing a fortnight. Yeah, yeah. It's not it's it's not dead like one of my favorite games, genital jousting. You can't find Fuck a lobby for that anywhere. Oh, uh, you don't you didn't you didn't sit down with your special friend and play the date night thing? I think like it, it is like one of those things uh like Fortnite where like like it the, the demographic skews like way way younger. Do you do you think you'll go back to it? Do you think it's going to be something you keep going back to and picking up now and again or I don't know. Like I mean, I mean it's it's fun enough. Like I I was talking earlier about like how like Tony Hawk really works for me because it you it play it in like 2 minute sessions. Um but it, and, and and it's like okay, but like it doesn't there's no advantage to playing it like say like over Discord like as a party game. Which I, I, I think is why it's not it, it's not gonna have like the staying power of like say like any of the Mario parties or something like you don't know Jack. Like it, it's it's just this kind of like big free for all. There it, there's no there's no genuine kind of like need for sort of social interaction with it. Do you so think I, they'll make a version of it where you can like just like as a as a group of friends have like a tournament thing? Because I yeah. think that, that would be good, and that we would probably play that I, at meetups yeah, if they that did that. If, uh, yeah. if there was like a version for that. Yeah, no, that would be that would be awesome. Have um, they said they're like, are they going to, or are they no, just going to rest no. on the success that it's got now? I don't. I I I I have not looked at anything that the developers have communicated because it's Fall Guys. <laughs> Like what? Yeah, what, what in, yeah. What insights are are we going to learn about Fall Guys? Read like, the patch oh. notes. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe they fucked with the acceleration. Yeah, it Fall Guys is fine. They've said that they hope to bring a couch co-op split-screen mode to the table at some point, but no, mm. no definite when. Games used to be finished when they came out. Yeah, yeah, I'm in that. Have and these I'm, features from the beginning, please. A lot Fuck of it. my friends played that game, and I did not buy it. And the reason I didn't buy it is because uh, it had a cash shop, and I was like, "Why would I pay fifteen quid for a game that has a cash shop?" It's true. No one ever talks about the fact that it's got a cash shop, but it because does. it's an incredibly pointless cash shop. I think, I think, I like, like they built this game with like merchandising in mind. Kazman, mm. if you keep passing on games because they've got a cash shop in them eventually you're just not going to be able to play new games <laughs> that's fine i'll just play old games forever that's how i feel yeah <laughs> yeah i've, I've yeah, resigned I mean, there's to enough it. there so. yeah yeah no we'll all sit on our hands until swab makes another game exactly uh the next game on the list is beat saber uh, I'll, I'll allocate five minutes for this because I don't think anyone has that much to say about Beat Saber. I'd call well, Beat Saber VR's killer app. Tell me I'm wrong. I'd go with you on that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you. Like the the first thing I got when I got my headset was Beat Saber, and I have been really enjoying it. And it's been really good fun to sort of sit and play and just take turns with my other half. And it is a however, really simple game executed really well. That has a lot of depth to it. My favorite Beat Saber content is that picture of the younglings with the Beat Saber. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Master yes. Skywalker, there's too many there's of too them. There's too many of them. What shall we do? <laughs> However, the 
recently they've released the multiplayer update, oh, which is all is well that? and good. It's all well and good, but two, there are two, a couple of major problems with it, in my opinion. Uh, one, the game lags a lot more now for some reason. Even in single player, it doesn't really make any sense, but it happens. And also, uh, just like I feel like I'm missing notes more as well, and it's really it feels really jank. Uh, and they've also completely fucked up the UI. It looks terrible now. It's ugly. It's awful, and I hate it. Um, also, when you fail a song in multiplayer, you're just forced to sit there and watch other people flail their arms about very laggily. And you can't, so you just wait for the next song. So if you go out in the first couple of notes of the song, you're just like, well, what am I going to do for the next two and a half minutes? Just sit here and do nothing. Get better at the fucking game. Well, yeah, Ooh. there is that. Except Ooh. you can't. Bring out a battle royale mode where the songs are all 20 minutes long and just like <laughs> you have to be the last one of 100 people playing your arms. I have, I have a question. Um, uh, so this is something I absolutely noticed with Guitar Hero 2. Like, anyone who's way into Beat Saber or really good at it, like, are you a musician? Not necessarily. Yeah, like, because, because, like, you know, you know, I I, I was friends with a bunch of them, like, in college, and, like, everybody who got way into Guitar Hero was never very good at music, like, or, or, like, very interested in doing it. Like, it, 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 it's an opposite kind of correlation. Um, I think it probably gives you a sense of rhythm, uh, which is handy. Like, you you know, if you want to sharpen up on sort of, I don't know how to put it other than saying rhythm again, like you, well, you'd probably learn to be more on beat by playing Beat Saber. I see. So I remember uh, uh, like input lag becomes like a big thing with this. And I remember uh, a friend of mine who's a really good drummer and he's like, it's like, okay, so the way you have to think of it, like if, if you're ever doing like something like jazz or, 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 or like in like a, like, you know, kind of like a rock setting, like you, you, you can play on top of the beat, you know, as in slightly ahead of it and to play guitar hero, you well and apply like uh, your, what you know about music, you have to be on top of, on top of the beat, like this weird kind of, kind of thing where you're, you're constantly going ahead of where you're supposed to be anticipating, like where the beat's going to hit. I like mm. to imagine that this is why I'm shit at rhythm games. <laughs> well, because oh, yeah, you're no, good at music, a, you're bad. Because yeah, I actually yeah, do things on the on the beat instead. It's a good excuse. Yeah, exactly, exactly. No, I'm I, I, whatever I fuck up. I'm too good of a musician. Yeah, exactly. To, uh, to be good I just at this. remembered something else about Beat Saber, and not to bring up Shrek again, but yeah. I yes. follow someone on Twitch who did Beat Saber to the entirety of the Shrek movie on stream this the whole like sound of it uh so okay. that's something you can do in beat saber as well as you uh, can yeah. beat saber movies doesn't sound healthy no it's, yeah. it's really I mean, nice actually, just to be able to download healthy. a load of stuff it, it is kind of healthy, is healthy yeah, though you, you burn yeah. a lot of calories flailing your arms so. oh, no, i mean, yeah. I mean doing the entirety of shrek in beat saber i don't mean beat I, saber I itself i want to beat saber through all of my dinner with andre the the weird thing about Beat Saber is it does what it does so well, but I've played other rhythm games in VR, and it's just been like, eh, the, you know, <laughs> why would I get this when Beat Saber already does this but better? Yeah, I'm the same. There was there was one that one of my friends was really into where I he had to like shoot a gun at guys in yeah, rhythm to the great. music, and I was like, 
It's all right, but it's not Beat Saber. Yeah. There's one that the Audio Surf guys made as well, where instead of hitting the notes with like a sword, you've got like shields that you hold up in the I right direction. I heard that one was bullshit. It's not great, no, but um, it makes its own beat maps. I think that's the appeal of it. Like it, it does like Audio Surf and makes its own beat maps, but also, they're not as fun. It's not great. To weigh in on the music comment, uh, I am a musician and I'm terrible at Beat Saber, but then I don't perform any music anyway, so there's no reason for me to be good at it. My theory still holds. (laughs) And now we're going to move on to Shovel Knight and its expansions. I've only played the original, but it is a fantastic game. Uh, I am in the same boat. I have not got around to playing the expansions yet. I really, really, really like the original, though. So I am basically here to tell you that uh, Plague of Shadows, I can take or leave because it just has the same levels as the original and the movement is kind of awkward. But uh, Spectre of Torment and King of Cards are two basically entire Shovel Knight half sequels. Um, They are packed with new visuals, new areas new mechanics, new move, uh, new movement tech, particularly new movement tech, uh, new music, just everything new. Uh, King of Cards has an entire cards minigame in it that's really fun, um, like a collectible card game within the game that you can play to earn like extra pocket money and stuff. Um, and I would call, I would particularly call Spectre of Torment, like it's up there with donkey kong tropical freeze interesting the game design just made me go whoa this is amazing like all of the different mechanics and the interplay of them and how just meticulously the levels are designed by someone who clearly has a really good sense of how to design 2d platformer levels i was gonna say specter of torment was easily like i mean was like the one that easily impressed me the most Mm. uh king of cards i was kind of like take or leave it and i also really enjoyed uh plague knight uh, I really enjoyed Plague Knight's movement because I really you could you could just get so much airtime with all like the upgrades you can get and just like rain down bombs for like ever. Uh, but Spectre Knight was easily like the one that it just felt like it felt the tightest and the movement was like the most crisp and the the, the mm. levels were like designed the best for him. I feel like it felt so good moving around. For reference, it's kind of like Ninja Gaiden. You can run pretty fast, and you can run up walls, and you can jump off walls, uh, but you can't jump very high. So the way you get height in that game is by doing a slash attack. Um, and when you slash off anything, be that an object or an enemy, uh, if you're below it, you go up, and if you're above it, you go down, like at an angle. And they do so much with that one mechanic. They keep it feeling fresh and interesting for the whole game. There's so many different ways that like the various enemies and objects in the game interact with that. Um, it feels just so good to move around in that game. Uh, for reference, Plague Knight's campaign is like a... I don't know how... To, I, there's not a 2D platformer that that I can describe that plays similarly. You fling yourself around with explosions. Um, King Knight feels like an incredibly aerially mobile wario if that makes sense like his main move is like a shield a shoulder bash but then that goes into either a roll or like a pirouette that you can use to bounce off things and again they do a lot of really nice stuff with that it's almost like a wario land ducktales hybrid (laughs) yeah it's it's crazy like the movement in all three is really inventive like like, all, all four 
Yeah, and Shovel, maybe Shovel Knight as well. Shovel Knight is as well, but like yeah. I think they're the only game developer I know that's not content to just be like, okay, the movement in this game will be like Mario or it will be like Mega Man. You know, they're doing something new. Shovel Knight, um, I haven't played much of it. I've played just the original one and I, I just never got around to finishing it really. I own Spectre of Torment now, so I should play that too. Um, Shovel Knight to me, like, I really like Zelda 2. So it kind of scratches that itch. It's a bit more Mega Man-y than that, I guess. Like you've got a lot more um, platforming, I guess, than in Zelda 2. But uh, just being able to sort of like um, stab things in, in multiple directions. And it, it's nice the way you can sort of pogo off stuff, uh, similar to DuckTales. Um, and yeah, it's got a nice movement system and combat system. And there's so many different things you unlock to use, like the magic wands and, mm. and sort of the rush that you get in the air and stuff, the helicopter thing so it's it's cool i like it i mean my main thing to say is like if you bought shovel knight before a certain point you will have gotten all the expansions for free they'll just be sitting in your steam library or whatever please pick them up because they are just as good if not better than the base game they've also they've got all like new stories and stuff um and i i like the uh the dialogue in shovel knight is always enjoyable yeah Especially uh, the King the King Knight one was probably the funniest one. Uh, I love King Knight. Also, those games soundtracks. Oh, oh yeah, good. They, they smack fucking shit. Is it yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's Jake Kaufman. Kaufman. And again, all of them have new music, but in particular, the King Knight one has like more mu- new music in it than there was music in the original Shovel Knight soundtrack. There is so much of it. Oh shit, really? I didn't yeah. know that. All the new areas have new music, and then there's tons of Joustus music as well. Right. Okay, it seems we've discussed everything we can on Shovel Knight. The next game on the list is... I don't know what Remnant from Ashes is. Can someone explain it's it to me? It's a Souls-like. Yeah, it's kind of a Souls-like. It's a third-person action game, mainly a shooter, um, that has the same UI as Dark Souls. Uh, if you can imagine the Dark Souls UI, that's that's what the game looks like. And it's got an emphasis on sort of you taking a lot of damage when you get hit and bosses that uh, have very large health bars and are quite unfair. Um, I liked it. Uh, Mash, you played a bit of it too, right? Uh, about an hour. Yeah, I didn't really. I feel like I still didn't even get past the, the sort of the tutorial part of it. It just didn't grab me at all. Yeah. Like, did, it felt did you very... play it on your own or? Yeah. Yeah. So I played it with friends. I wouldn't play it on my own, I don't think. Um, but I got it for free on Epic Games, yeah. and uh, I think it's quite a fun thing to do with friends. It's got this. It it procedurally generates a world when you start, like with um, it, it's basically like it gives you a seed when you oh start. Oh god, what the fuck? It's a souls like with random generation. <laughs> they just try and yeah. hit all the cliches. Well, rogue souls like. Yeah, it, it's if you die, like you you don't restart or anything. Um, it's just it makes it slightly different the environments you're in when you go on a second playthrough. Um, some of the bosses are interesting, but most of them are just. Like the boss will summon ads, and you have to kill all the ads, and then like attack the boss until it dies. Um, And uh, the environments are quite 
varied actually uh there's you go through like different worlds you dimension hop sort of and uh, there's like an elvish forest and there's like a irradiated wasteland and there's a drowned city and i I i think there's some good stuff to it if you're into souls and you want something a bit different you know you might like it um it's very fun to play with friends uh but i'm i haven't put any time into it solo really um, I feel like sort of having, saying that a game is good with friends, but if you're playing it on your own, it's not that great. Yeah. It means it's not that good. Yeah, of a game. Yeah, right. Some Definitely. games are designed to be played with friends, and they're designed to draw out the social aspect. My my example is always Diablo 2. It's a very well-designed game, and it's very well-designed to be played with friends and not on your own. I, Diablo 2 is, is, is fairly fun on your own. No, I, I I enjoyed I enjoyed Diablo two uh, uh, quite a bit on my own, but yeah, um, uh, Remnant from Ashes is that cyber Dark Souls? It's not exactly cyber, but yeah, it's it's like I mean, technology is similar to currently existing technology, um, but yeah, there's there's some futuristic stuff. There's some like wizardry stuff going on. Like the dimension hopping, one of the like the irradiated wasteland you go to, there's like radiation wizards who use the background radiation of the planet to like <laughs> attack you. Okay, um, I'm interested and now. <laughs> there's there's like there's the elvish area that just has sort of people who can do spells there's like one planet that's just bug people and you go through like bug hives and stuff and so you're getting attacked by loads of like really giant insects and things so that's kind of what you're in for lots of, there's there's variety of things it's um it's not just humans you're killing and humanoids and stuff okay that's all the opinions i've heard about remnant from ashes so let's move on now to uh gtfo GTFO, GTFO is a. Um, it's it's one of those games that's designed to be played co-op. Definitely, I yeah, wouldn't yeah, want to yeah. play it on my own. But it's like, there you go. It's by the people who made um, Payday the Heist and Payday Two. Uh, some of the developers of that are on it. You play as convicted criminals who have been put into a horrible situation where they're going into a subterranean like facility. Uh, having to either sneak past or kill zombie type, not really zo- like mutants, I guess. Monsters. Yeah, while exploring the facility and doing various objectives, and it's good. It's tense. It's, it's very, cool. very good. We've barely, well, we've completed one, uh, one rundown. Is that right? Yeah, we've completed one mission. Yeah. We so failed we've several tried times three different ones, and we've only beaten one because it. When we started, we started with three people instead of four, um, and it really is made to just be played with four people yeah, essentially. Unless you're looking for a really, really hardcore experience, you have to have four people. But it's really, really cool. It's got a very cool like vibe to it, like the the mood that it sets. It's it's got some horror feeling, but it's like. It's like sci-fi action horror kind of thing, and it's very, very cool. Yeah. The, the um, thing with the enemies is they generally the enemies don't um, don't attack you unless you're making too much noise. So the whole mm. game is like a game of grandma's footsteps, where you can see that the enemies are um, 
they sort of breathe and when they're breathing you know that they can detect your movement so you've mm. got to wait for them to breathe and then get slowly closer to them until you're in position to bop them on the head um, yeah. to take them out silently but you've got to coordinate with the other people in your squad so that you sometimes have to take out two or three at the same time yeah it's really nice to have like a multiplayer game where you actually have to work together to to do it because if you didn't work as a team then you would be fucked yeah and you've got to like sometimes you set off alarms so you've got to set up defenses because you know the alarm is going to get set off and you get different weapon loads out so some like you have different kind of things that you can do for the team as well it's it's really really cool so you can have like an alien style motion detector to tell if there's sort of um baddies around or you can have like trip mines or a thing that will seal doors shut or a um, sentry gun sentry yeah um and what else is i gonna say it's the problem with it is that one of the the missions we've done is extremely long and we got very close to completing it and then we had a disconnect and the game doesn't have host migration at the moment it doesn't have like auto balance for lower numbers of people than four people it's very early kind of bare bones stuff at the moment so while the main gameplay is extremely fun it's not a good user experience i would say yeah, I mean, we we have had an hour and a half long mission end yes, like twice because of disconnects. Was, that was an issue with Moogle rather than an issue with the game. But it still, if but it still should, ha- someone... it should definitely have host migration for that reason specifically. Like if it's gonna, yeah, because yeah. it was basically un- uncompletable. Well, um, it kicks us out in there. But yeah, there's there's a very sort of methodical, slow pace to it. It's sort of you've got to think a lot with it. Oh, you've got to coordinate. And you've got the computers where you have to like enter like codes to find out where things are, and oh, it's just really really cool. Yeah, you've actually got to like type into a command console on computers to like ping where objects are that you need to go and find and stuff. So that's cool. And the missions are kind of varied in structure a bit. So there's one way you're sort of exploring a large amount of the facility looking for batteries to power up a generator but there's one where you just have to like get in get an object and get out without dying um was the one where we had to like carry carry the um the baby uh, yeah. thing the battery all the, the way papoose. to a thing to charge the papoose to a charger and then bring it all the way back and then hold out while it like loaded up it was fucking sick yeah. that's the only one we've managed to do so far I'd I'd really like to play more of it. The only trouble is coordinating so you've got four people to yeah. play it at all times. Because if it auto-balanced to two people, me we and Shiny could just so play it. We would have played so much of it if, it, um, if we could. Yeah. So I think it'll be really good when it's at full release. They've just had an investment from our good friends at Tencent. So you mm. know that they're going to be able to start ramping up that production. Um and adding a microtransaction shop. Uh, but um, yeah, I think if... If it sounds like your thing, you could jump in at early access if you've got four people to play it and it'd be fun. If you're a bit sort of unsure about it, just wait for a full release is is probably a good idea. But it's fucking but sick. It's cool. It's good. I like it. Uh, I played Momodora Reverie of the Moon... Reverie of... What is it? Reverie Under the Moonlight? Moonlight Reverie yeah. Under Moonlight, yeah. Uh, I absolutely hated that game. Happy Man, oh. what do you think? Was it Happy Man who played it? I played it. Me, you played it. Me then. Yeah, I played it. I didn't hate it at all. Um, I went in expecting a light kind of Metroidvania esque game. It isn't that really. Um, there's there's nothing. Non- there is some non-linearity it. to it, but it's not really like you can go backwards through certain areas, and it makes you go backwards and backtrack through certain areas. Um, I don't really have too much interesting to say about it. I found it mostly competent. 
Um, I don't think that there's much that's memorable outside of the art style, though, to be honest with you. I I want to say if you're one of those people who enjoyed the first couple of Momodoras and you're like, ah, oh, pick this up. This game, you know, it looks very nice. Number one, there's no Metroidvania progression. No. You unlock the whole map at the start and then you just have to wander around to collect trinkets. Hmm. Number two, even though it's that and you can do it all in any order, there's an RPG leveling system. So wherever you go first will be obnoxiously difficult and wherever you go last will be obnoxiously easy. Hmm. And the game is not balanced at all for it. Uh, the enemy designs are infuriating. The enemies aggro. They attack you from miles away. Uh, a significant chunk of them hit you with poison, curses, or debuffs. Um, yeah. it's They they don't have good wind-ups or good telegraphing. The combat is a really brain-dead three-hit combo that you just mash endlessly on. Mm-hmm. You can stun-lock every enemy in the game pretty much by mashing at them, which takes all of the strategy out of it. All you have to do is beeline towards the enemy. And the only thing the enemies that changes with the enemies uh, as the game gets more difficult is they get more health. So you just end up mashing loads and wearing out your thumb. Uh, the game has a horrible user interface that's just full of arbitrary decisions and just bad UX stuff. You constantly have to juggle items on a quick select menu that has way too few things on it. There's loads of items that could have been passive buffs that end up going on the quick select menu. There's multiple different kinds of healing items that you have to have equipped at once that all could have been merged into one item. There's blocks that you have to push that take ages. There's an elevator in the middle of the game that doesn't look like an elevator. And if you accidentally step onto it, it starts going straight away and you have to ride an elevator for like a minute one way and then ride it for another minute the other way oh god this game is a fucking disaster do not play it do not download it can i it can i make thoughtless a recommendation and frustrating um so if you are a person who enjoyed castlevania symphony of the night it yeah. sounds like it would be a good game for you <laughs> I like Castlevania Symphony of the Night. I do agree with you that Castlevania Symphony of the Night has the horrible, awkward, um, like uh, leveling RPG mechanics yeah. problem. But all of the other problems of this game are unique to this game. I it's... didn't find anything particularly offensive about it. Um, but at the same time, I can't really, oddly enough, outside of some of the bosses and the art style, I can't remember much about it. Uh, the art style is gorgeous. Mm. All of the artwork is gorgeous. I'll give it that. And a peak weeaboo. It's but. it's it's cheap and it's it's not particularly a long game either. So like if you have a particular itch to scratch about a slightly non-linear platformer then go ahead. Then don't download it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've just become very sensitive to quality of life features in games, I mm-hmm. think. There we go. We've had the mandatory Catsman rant for a podcast. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh next on the list is something I have been dying to talk about for months, uh which is Dusk. Hey! Mike, you played Dusk. Did you like it? Did you hate it? What did you think? Um, I I have only gotten like uh I would say like halfway through it. Um it's yeah, it's pretty good. It's it's fun. It's uh 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 you know, folks, this is retro done right. Mm-hmm. Um it, it, it yeah. It's a nice, like, tight little uh, little shooter. Has uh, 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 kind of like a lot of the the like '90s, like Satanic Panic vibes, yeah. which is cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you're halfway through the second episode right now. I believe so. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh man. So the reason I love Dusk isn't actually that much because of like the core gameplay loop. I mean, it's good. It's 
inspired by Doom and Quake. It's got well-designed enemies. It's got kind of interesting setups. It's got all the stuff that like Doom and Quake uh, supposed to have. But I, it has probably some of the best atmosphere I think I've ever seen in a retro FPS. Like the number of like horror FPS set pieces and like just the oppressiveness of the atmosphere and like the architecture and how that like relates to to how you feel in the game like there's some levels where you start up quite high and you just keep going down and down descending into the earth forever yeah, yeah. and all the corridors are getting smaller and smaller and darker and all the lights gone from like natural light to like red light um yeah, no, it's it, yeah, yeah. It's um, there was actually there was actually another game that that does that very well that nobody else plays. So I don't know if we we'll get a chance to talk about it, but uh, no one lives under the lighthouse. Um, uh, kind of way more in like the horror side, like part of the kind of haunted PS one sort of genre of uh, uh, of kind of horror games that try to use like old graphics like that. But yeah, like Dusk, Dusk doesn't go like that far. Like there's no, it doesn't like downscale. It's like resolution or anything, but, but, but yeah, the kind of murkiness and griminess of, of, of some of those like low resolution textures or like low poly models definitely contributes to, to like what makes it work. Yeah. Like it is, it's just oppressive. And there's a great bit in the middle of the second episode, actually, when you've been in like incredibly tiny, dark corridors for like hours of playtime. And you suddenly, without warning, enter into this giant, like huge open space. And it actually made me feel agoraphobic. And I've never seen a video game do that before. It's like got it's got like a precisely defined emotional arc just by architecture alone it's yeah, like yeah. it's like potholing it's fascinating yeah it's um uh, uh the soundtrack by the way also fucking amazing yeah um, really good uh, uh uh really like like it's similar to uh to like uh what is it like uh mick gordon was the guy who did like uh the new doom but a similar kind of kind of vibe where it's 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 that kind of combination of metal and and like heavy electronic elements um uh yeah just good shit yeah, really good game, great shooting, and in terms of the retro FPSs that have come out, it is by far the best because it because it's constantly introducing new things, so it doesn't ever get old, and that's yeah. the problem I have with most of the retro FPSs out there these days. Um, the ending is a little bit bad. That's the only thing that I'll criticize it for. Yeah. Um, oh, uh, Dusk. Uh, uh, that same uh, publisher though is is doing like a bunch of stuff. Like during E3, they had like a, a bunch of their games um, just like as demos. And I know they're doing like basically like a thief like uh, game too. So I'm very much looking forward to that. Yeah, I remember when they showed all yeah, those. Yeah, I think I played a few of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the Gloom thief game looks cool. Yeah, Gloomwood. I've played the demo. Uh, uh, tons of fun. Uh, loved love that like basically like this is like their their kind of thing i i would want someone to kind of compete with devolver mm -hmm. in terms of like like hey let's actually make good like like retro games <laughs> but between you and me do not bother with any of the other new blood games right now a medieval is terrible ion fury is also pretty bad 
Um, there's another one they made that was like Quake or, uh, that they published, which was also yeah, not good. Yeah, I the demo of that one. That was what it was. Ultra Kill was like a score based one, wasn't it? It was I like yeah, you want to get multi kills and stuff. But, but yes, the right. demo the demo for uh, Gloomwood is very promising. Um, super tight uh, thief like game. Ultra Kill, um, Ultra Kill has some really funny uh, like graphics settings. You can set it to like have PS One wobble emulated, and you can <laughs> set it down to like as little resolution as you want. So you can basically set it to like I don't know 160p or something. It's it's quite you impressive. Can set it, you can bad. set it to anti HDR. Yeah, you can actually. Nice, yeah. nice. It's it, you, like you can set it to give you more motion sickness. I think there's a setting for that. Hell yes. As someone who never got motion sickness from first-person shooters, I'd like to see them try. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, I think that's all we got time for in that. But I will now like to move on to Carry On. Woo! Woo! A, talk, uh, yeah, uh, and yet another game with kind of a weak ending. Um, uh, oh, ooh. Ooh. I disagree mm. very, very strongly. With I, that. I, I, no, yeah. I like the implication of the ending. I like the, uh, the, the, you know, I, 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 I like that. That's how, that's how it goes. But I, I, I just wish they had done it with like a bit more flourish. But overall, no, the, no, I think it was perfect. Overall, though, the game excellent. Like uh, really, like, really good. Like that, I, that, that is yeah. a nitpick on a nitpick of, uh, of, of things like, but like it, it, but yeah, overall excellent game. Uh, super fun. You feel very gelatinous. I felt so powerful playing that game. It's oh my God. Yeah. So beat. Like I well, was in a real shit mood when I started it. And then I was just like, you know what? Everything's fucking sick. Yeah, Everything's yeah. great. Fuck you and your shield. I'm yeah. going to pick you up. It'll just slam you through. Like, like there. It, it, it's at its best when you are like throwing someone through a door to knock somebody else out. Mm-hmm. Um, when you get uh, some of the, like the later power ups and you can just shoot spikes out that go through like three sets of doors and kill everyone near you. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, but yes, very much inspired by uh, uh, the thing. Like uh, visually, it's it's definitely trying to to kind of to kind of summon that that sort of like gross eighties horror with like shitloads of fucking like cornstarch uh, blood. It's real beast. It's it's pretty fucking sick. The only only other complaint was that I got lost a couple of times. Yeah. It That's didn't need a mini map. It didn't need a map. No, it, but you're yeah, a fucking it, monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, oh, let me just start killing and open my map. Well, you don't have any fucking hands, dude. You're a monster. Well, yes, yes, but something to 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 represent, I guess, what the monster remembers, because like, like, I, I, I've had a couple of friends like complain about this too, like. They don't realize that they're in like a Metroidvania or that there's like an overworld map. How uh, that, that connects to the other levels like but they thought they were going connect, you can li- literally open up shortcuts to the other levels when you I go through them. I know this is just something other people complained about mm, but like again think. again a nitpick on a nitpick of of like an otherwise excellent game how much of a metroidvania is it are you unlocking new powers to go back yes. to other areas and stuff yes you are yes yes yeah. it's like yes it's just like dark souls <laughs> what sort of powers are you getting then? Because so, I, I know you play as like a blob monster. It's, it's really interesting. So you get different sets of powers depending on how big you are. So sometimes you have to make yourself smaller so that you can use certain powers to get through to another place or make yourself bigger so you can do different things. Um, yeah. So you start off small 
and you get I don't think do you get I think you have to like alternate between being big and like big and small as well like when you're having to get your um power-ups like you don't get all of your small power-ups first and then all of your medium ones and then all of your extra large yeah. ones but i think all of the extra large ones are a bit later in the game anyway but um it's just yeah it is it is essentially a metroidvania but you just you have to keep juggling with like how big you are and if you're smaller you have less health as well so you've got to be more stealthy but then the the smaller um power ups tend towards helping you be stealthy like there's one that can make you invisible for a short amount of time and stuff like that so yeah. Is, and it's it powered is, by like electricity, which yeah. feels fun too. You know, your big yeah. scary flesh monster, and it's like I'm gonna charge myself up. Um, yeah, yeah. The uh, uh, like one of the one of the big things that like unlocks like you you gain the ability to basically like build up a bunch of momentum and like push through things. Um, uh, then like also like you get the ability to basically turn into worms when you're mm. underwater to allow so you, you can to go, go through, through different grates and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah, but yeah. Um, uh, would definitely recommend it. I have the, uh, the, that, that, that goddamn, uh, game pass. So I get to play it for free. Yes. I yeah. play it for free and I would, it is quite short. I would say it's five to six hours of what I got out of it. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think, is it like 16 pounds to actually buy it? Yeah. I would probably put it around 10 to 12, but it is a fucking good game. It's very good. And, I really, yeah. I can't believe you didn't like the ending. I thought the ending was so good. Because oh, like, yeah. you, you get that was... last one and then you can't go back. Yeah. I know. And then like, yeah, you, you escape into the world. I, did, I, I, like I said, I just wish it had been done with a, a bit more flourish. I didn't um, think it needed any more flourish. No. I think it was, I think it was, uh, was cool because you fine had, as it was. Yeah, because you've had was... so much like big, loud, boom, bash action all the way through, and for it to end on that kind of like eerie, quiet, really just ominous. like really yeah, fucking I thought well, that was well, so powerful. Yeah, I that's, I, and and I know I I saw what they were trying to do. Uh, 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 it's kind of like the ending, actually, to to the thing, mm, which yeah. is, you know, you know, they're they're both like staring at each other. I I I don't know, like uh uh. uh once again, it, it it's a good ending. Uh, don't yeah, yeah. don't let me uh, 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 dissuade you yeah. on that thing. No, no, I but like, it. but like, uh, I, I guess I would have played it a little bit differently. Um, but yeah, uh, overall, excellent. Really good. Okay, no more opinions on Carry On, and so we move on. Carry on up the Kyber, and so we move on to Into the <laughs> Breach. Yes, subset the 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 goddamn goats. Uh, the, they're, they're fucking great. I, I, I will, any new subset game is going to be like a day one purchase. This has been on my list forever. This game. I haven't played it. Oh, just Google it. It's Final Fantasy Tactics. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's Final Fantasy Tactics, but like, uh, kind of like with, uh, with FTL, it is incredibly tightly designed. Like nothing feels extraneous or or in a game where you're supposed to like play it again and again it doesn't really feel like grindy the the story is is genuinely interesting uh so basically yes uh uh final fantasy tactics but it is you are you are playing as mechs that are sent into previous timelines to uh to to rescue people to basically stop uh, uh this this alien invasion that that is happening across all these different places key features that are awesome you can undo any move you make uh, up until when you attack 
So like if you're if you're you know like planning things out, you uh, 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 you can literally just like just to your heart's content see what every combination is. Every enemy totally telegraphs their attack. Like the only thing that is unknown is if basically through like a dice roll, like if they hit a building, there's a chance that the building will just resist the damage. Um, yeah. It's all yeah. about your positioning. You have to be in the right spot in order to block the enemy attacks because you always know what's going to come. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's these cool kind of like tight little like sort of procedural puzzles that that get generated um you have a bunch of different squads that you can you can pick from just like a like ftl really satisfying way of kind of like unlocking them basically like through getting achievements you get a certain amount of stars and then those are currency for unlocking the further things um, much like an ftl where you make runs in order to unlock new ships Exactly, exactly. Like, uh, you can play on the easiest setting for FDL, uh, and, and it's like, yeah, my goal for this run is not to win, it's to, it's to unlock more shit. Um, but yeah, excellent music, too. Yes, glad you mentioned it. Awesome music. <laughs> fucking, fucking sick. Uh, uh, yeah, it's the same composer as FDL, and has that exact kind of, it's, it's, it's that perfect mixture between that, that sort of, like, chiptune sort of lo-fi sound, but he brings in like other elements that don't like necessarily like clash with it like there's there's like great guitar work uh the music just has a lot more gravitas than in ftl i think ftl has an incredible like number of motifs and, and, and like restates them in a bunch of different ways uh i'll find it and tell you to link it later just just w when you hear that first chord though in into the breach that little that, that that tight little like suspended chord it, it, it's perfect in terms of atmosphere i should play into the breach yeah play it yes been uh, free on epic a couple of times pipe in the the that very first chord for into the breach oh i should i should if editing me isn't feeling late editing me stop being lazy pipe in that chord you yeah pipe, pipe in that bit of shrek from the halo soundtrack too. no thank oh yeah okay i'll do that oh come on come on yeah yeah just yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. play oh. that right now that's oh. a juicy chord <laughs> that's a chord Uh, I'm going to throw the floor open now. Our last sex, uh, session, uh, Tiny Barbarian, DuckTales Remastered, and Streets of Rage 4. Anybody got any opinions on them? I like Tiny Barbarian. Underrated game. Pick it yeah. up if you can. Really hard, but What fun. is it? I don't, I don't know anything about it. It's just a very simple, uh, simple hard platformer uh, with a Conan, Bar Conan the Barbarian theme. You don't get many barbarian-themed platformers anymore. They were yeah. everywhere in the 80s. Yeah, Rygar, Raston. More barbarian-themed platformers yeah, than there's, exist. <laughs> there's probably loads. I just can't think of any. As, as many games are, they are on my list. Is it like classic Castlevania? That's kind of what I'm seeing here, or...? Little, I don't really know what to compare it to. Like, it, I don't think it maps onto any yeah, old NES game. Yeah, it's not a clone of any existing game, but it's a two D action platformer. Nice basic combo system, and just yeah, a lot of classic sword and sorcery aesthetics. Yeah, silly sense of humor. I like those things. So, um, yeah, animal mounts. Oh, animal really mounts. difficult. Yeah. 
Rage Streets 4? Somebody yell something I about it. I enjoy Streets of Rage 4. It's a nice resurgence for the beat-em-up genre, which Specs hates. Um, I don't hate the beat-em-up genre. Just it, it all feels the same, and Streets of Rage 4 is no different. So if you like Streets of Rage, you will like yes. Streets of Rage 4. For me, it was a game where I stood next to men and hit the X button repeatedly, yes. and occasionally the Y button, but mostly the X button. For me, a beat-em-up is only good if it's got some extra mechanic, like like sort of the Scott Pilgrim game or um, River City or Dragon's Crown, where you've got like a leveling-up system and you unlock new moves. You don't unlock moves in this. You have them all from the start. You unlock some characters, but they all play very similarly to me, and a person yeah, who doesn't play that's many of correct. these games so. um and the boss fights are generally cheap and not very fun especially the last boss fight so uh, i have played it a significant amount more than specs and i can confirm that he doesn't know what he's talking about because <laughs> he hasn't had enough time and the time that he did spend with it was not ideal because he was playing it over parsec with a degree of latency the so, latency doesn't matter because i just would have been mashing the x button so anyway the answer is there is a combo system there is a wall bounce system a ground bounce system and all of the other kinds of things that you would reasonably all of your expect combos in a fighting are game activated now. by pressing the x button and the y button um, occasionally the y button comes involved, into play and there is some difficulty and some nuance in mm. that that specs will not appreciate because he doesn't care about the genre that much um, the answer is there are things to do in it and there are things to get better at and the bosses are not cheap once you understand their attack patterns. Um, and it is entirely possible to do it without taking any damage whatsoever. Wooly, we... you, you played it too. What do you think? It's alright. I played it in four player co-op so it was pretty chaotic. Yeah, uh, I didn't get a good it. feel for the mechanics, it was just fun. Yeah. Um, um, also the music is, is, is universally excellent. There's several composers including the original Yu, Yuzo Koshiro. Also a French, Oliver de Verrier, I think it is, um, who does a very, very good job with several moments of the soundtrack. The art style is also really, really pleasant to look at. Um, and the lighting and the, uh, the hand-drawn sprites are really nice also. Yes, that's a big it's, plus. And there's a lot of yeah, personality it's a in those sprites. Game, yeah, it's, yeah, well it's a very good-looking game. And it runs like a dream as well, no matter what um, platform you buy it on. Although so. it's got weird... So you can't play it four player online but you no. can play it four player on one console which is really weird yeah i, I mean given the netcode issues that they had even with the two player mode that doesn't surprise me in the slightest but on the other hand that's why we have parsec we probably got a better experience in four player with parsec or three player i think it was than we yeah. we would have done with two player over their own netcode because their own netcode wasn't that good apparently I hope they get the chance to do more more games for Sega um, because there are a lot of arcade properties that um, Sega own that uh, like the people that made it would do really well with. Yeah, I agree. Give me more Penguin-related games. I'll Penguins. settle for either Peng or Arctic Adventure. What about oh. Prinny? Would you would you take Prinny? Mm, no. Okay. Video games. Video games. Do, 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 do. What was the other one? Was it DuckTales Remastered? DuckTales Remastered. Also, we didn't talk about Titanfall 2. We haven't uh, talked about Titanfall 2 yet, though. No. Let's finish with that, then. Titanfall 2. Ten minutes, go. It's a 2016 first-person shooter from the people that made the original Call of Duty games. Um, it's got real fun wall running and double jumping and movement and momentum mechanics. And it's got, a, it's got the best robot bro in, in video games at the moment, so <laughs> it can stay. Um, each level is different, each level has its own kind of movement or kind of like navigation related gimmick that you have to go through and it iterates on them all very well. 
Um, it's got some really nice set pieces. It's got the best button prompt in video games. <laughs> um, and yeah, I, I have very little else to say about it. It hits some really nice story beats. Um, it's got a multiplayer that I've played for, I will check, but it's probably like 1,300, 1,400 hours now. Um, yeah. It's also real cheap, so go fucking pay like five pounds for it. Or I can't for imagine it. it has a better robot bro than that golf game robot. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's less of a bro and more of an antagonist. You yeah, know? he's not a bro at all. What, about, about? what about Flingbot? <laughs> oh, Flingbot. Flingbot's a great robot. Which one was Flingbot? He's Flingbot's in, in, he's uh, in an Acronox. Yeah. Uh, yes, of course. He will fling anything. If you oh, know. I love that I mean, guy. If you play through Titanfall, you'll also know that BT will fling anything as well. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> he um, does. He flings you quite a lot. Fastball. Um, yes. Uh, if you've not played it, I would highly recommend it. It's often very cheap. It will also be coming yeah. to Game Pass at some point because EA have done a deal with Microsoft. Um, the... So might as well wait for that. The thing I would sell you on an on, um Titanfall 2 is that it's the only first-person shooter I've played since Half-Life 2 that felt like it was trying new things in mm. like the level designs and the gimmicks and how yeah. you know in Half-Life 2 you're always doing something different you're never getting bored you're never just shooting through endless waves of dudes on the way to a different story objective you're shooting through endless waves of dudes with a cool new mechanic to play with mm-hmm. yeah. and that's why I like playing first-person shooters that are good like so it's Titanfall 2. They it's... play the, to the core mechanic very well. The core mechanic is that you've got a pilot who is you, who is fast and mobile and agile and can wall jump and wall run and all sorts of stuff. Then you've got your Titan who is a big stompy fucking robot. And it's the interplay between the two of them. So sometimes you have to get in the Titan because it's too dangerous and like there's acid on the floor or whatever. And you have to be in the big stompy robot. And others you'll have to split up and go and do different objectives at the same time. I mean, most of the game is out of the big stompy robot. It, it yeah. is, but they, they split it up nicely because you've then got more of a traditional kind of like, not quite cover-based first-person shooter, um, but more of a traditional like stand standstill shoot thing until it die um, kind of method rather than I'll... like going everywhere and sliding all over the place. I would say that the out-of-Titan combat felt almost like um modern doom because it felt like very movement based and it's like mm-hmm. you you didn't i didn't feel super re- i guess i felt a little bit re- more rewarded to hide and cover compared to doom but i also felt very rewarded to just run up to people because of like how many movement options you have and how yeah. good your melee attack is you do you do a lot with and the thing is the game i think the level design uh does a lot either to reward you for moving or to force you to move yes yeah for sure there are segments uh, that are just moving in the game and yeah. like you're moving whether you fucking like it or not and they're good um, yes and they are and the voice acting is universally like corny and cheesy and great um, there's yeah. a really fucking good, like, fake Arnold impersonator in it, um, who I really enjoy. I really like him. Um, and everything is just generally good, and I like it. The only thing that I think is kind of disappointing is the music, because it's kind of like standard Hollywood AAA game fare. But um, outside of that, it's, yeah, like it. I, I picked it up part mostly because I'd heard such... I didn't really have any interest in the multiplayer, mm. um, but I heard how good the single player was. And I got it on Amazon for like four dollars or something. Yeah. Um, and I, it, it's a really short campaign. It's probably it's it took me probably like less than ten hours to beat. Yeah. Um, but I had a, I had a great time with it. I really, I even though as as much as I'd heard about how good the game was, I still didn't expect it to be as good as it was, because like what 
what uh, Katzman was saying. It's it, it really tries a lot of new things, which I'm not used to in games of this vein. Like when they announced like, oh, Titanfall 2 is going to have a campaign. I was like, oh, sure. It's just going to have like some l lame ass dinky campaign that's just like every other first person shooter out there. But they really do some fun things with it. Like every level has like its own thing, has its own spin on how the game works. And they, they really push these mechanics to like pretty much their limit. And each level is like the perfect length. Like there was never a point where I was like, man, I'm kind of sick of this like mechanic. I, I think I'm done here. Like you know, my only main complaint I had with it is like, I kind of, I thought the Titan combat was just, was just all right. Yeah. It's, I, I it's, was a, palate by it. it's a palate cleanser. It's a change of pace, I yes. guess. Like, uh, I, I enjoy the Titan combat a lot, mostly because of my multiplayer experience, because I can just breeze through it. Um, but finding different ways of doing things in, in that is, is quite entertaining. Um, but it is, it is just there for the big set pieces to, to show that, like, there's a massive war going on with lots of war machines and other stuff. Yeah, to summarize, uh, to the one motherfucker who's been recommended Titanfall 2 like a hundred times, and it's only, and it's just, it's just been meaning to pick it up, but has never gotten around to it. Guess what, motherfucker? I'm calling you out. That was me just a few, you, just a few yeah, months ago. You. That's me right now. Yeah, <laughs> I, I will play. It's coming to Game Pass. I get that for free. I will be playing it with my Bing search points. That's Bing how bucks. I will pay for let it. Let me my backseat Bing you box. when you stream it and let me backseat you. I will I can't, stream it. Yeah. I can't actually backseat you because there are no puzzles. It's yeah. just it's it's like go forward like to obvious objective, though, isn't there? There's, there's lots of platforming. There's platforming, but it's not a puzzle. It is pure action. It is pure yeah. like you know where to go. You can see that there are walls between you and like your objective. Run along the wall and double jump up. Oh, it's Sonic the Hedgehog. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's not a bad fucking analogy, particularly because it's about maintaining momentum if you want to go fast, and you should want kind of to like go a... fast at all times. Almost like a Mirror's Edge kind of deal, right? Yeah, very yeah. much so. Like you can tell, it's it's veteran FPS developers on the top of their game because like they've been doing this since like Medal of Honor or whatever, um, and they have really upped their game in recent years. And then they did Star Wars, which was good, but like not great. Um, yeah, Star Wars. Star Wars. Never want to see a Star Wars War again. They made. Um, what about uh, Mandalorian? Mm, Even Mandalorian, which was great, I was watching it. I'm like, wow, this is really good, but I wish it wasn't Star Wars. <laughs> 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 wish they just made live action Samurai Jack instead. Like, Fallen Order is not bad, actually. Like Fallen Order, which they made, is is pretty good. I would recommend and that. If you're playing that on Game Pass, I don't think it's well. on Game Pass. No, um, I don't think you like. They they're not going to put the Star Wars stuff on Game Pass because they have the EA has their own competitor to it, don't they? They're adding EA Access to Microsoft Game Pass. Um, so anything that's not on EA Access will not be on um, Game Pass either. And that isn't at the moment. Maybe in like two or three years, maybe? I can maybe. wait. I can wait. Yeah. I'm not paying £50 for no, that game. I, it's, uh, games are not worth £50. I paid less than that, but I paid like full price at launch, but it wasn't 50 um, to play that, it's like um, fifty-five on Steam. For it probably price, is. I yeah, I mean, there's a Steam tax on that because of EA, but whatever. Um, I, I know... paid that much, and I don't regret it. But at the same time, I wouldn't do it again. Games are too expensive these days. They're about to get worse because and they're about to get PS5 worse because the new consoles. Seventy fucking Demon quid. Souls remake, which is a remake of an old game, which isn't even that old. It's like eleven years old now. Is going to be seventy quid 
Here's the thing, right? I've been thinking about this. People always tell me, oh, well, yeah, the price of games plateaued in like the PS2 era, but before that, they were more expensive. And I was the, I was the motherfucker buying like budget games for a fiver. Yeah, yeah. Or, you know, like I've never known games so, to be expensive. Nintendo and Capcom games in the Super Nintendo era were ridiculously expensive. They were like 45 to 50 quid in the UK at the time. Which, if you account for inflation, is about 70 quid now, to be honest yeah. with you. So, yeah, fair props. If but, you imported games, they were like 80, 90, 100 quid. But I was playing fucking budget re-releases of PC games. Yes. Which you could get uh, three of for a tenner in most. Let's let's have a look at adjusted for inflation. Agents. Never pay more than 20 bucks for a computer game. Where is it? Where's the... Where is it? This isn't... This is no... This will cease to be the... Uh, uh, quarantine games recommendations and turn into games recommendations because all games are 70 quid now and uh, everyone's poor because robber barons have made off with all our money. So yeah, never uh, pay more than 38 bucks and 94 cents for a computer game at the moment. Exactly. Yeah, kill your FOMO. Don't buy uh, AAA games. <laughs> yes. yes. The future is not buying games. The future is searching on Bing for many minutes a day in order to be able to get the games for free. I told someone for a lark that I know I know a guy who searches on Bing to pay for all of his games, and uh, they actually went and did it, and now they're a fucking Bing yep. searcher as well. Yes. I don't do it often though. Like I do it occasionally. I have twelve thousand Bing points saved up. <laughs> That's almost enough for two months of Game Pass for PC, baby. <laughs> Is that, bought... is that including the price increase, or is that not? That including is including the price, the increase? price okay. increase. Yep, I bought most of the Overcooked Two DLC with no money due to Bing searches. I've, mm. I've spent like twenty quid on Overcooked Two DLC, but I feel it, it was free. I feel like it's not a bad business model if they can make it actually pay for itself. I've, Invert... I've only paid a pound to Microsoft like, for like a year's yeah. worth of service, so though. that doesn't make sense. The way that you're doing it is actually really good, because, I mean, if you stopped paying it, or if they stopped the service, you would lose those games, right? I would, yes. But... So the answer is, like, you do what you do, and then if there is a game that you particularly want to keep in the future, you buy it. Which yes. Which is what you do anyway at the moment. So are you really losing anything? I don't know. Um, Your soul... Time time perhaps i mean if you're giving them fake data which is what they're actually paying for at that point yeah um then who gives a fuck i mean they they pay me uh i don't know what the price equivalency is but basically in a month i can make enough bing points to pay for uh, a month's worth of game pass and what i do is every morning i search um on bing just ran like a random word like ass and then i will highlight a sequence of letters from like the search results and just like click the button that says search with bing so they are just getting garbage data from me <laughs> of like random <laughs> strings of words Bum. often i'll just be in arabic sometimes like searching for things occasionally it'll come up with something really weird and i'll be like huh i'll actually have a look at that article um <laughs> you're learning new things with bing Ooh, yeah that's some weird stuff that, come up 
I How did concrete. you get onto concrete? If you concrete don't mind was me just asking. it was featured in a podcast I was listening to, and then it, I think it was featured in a couple of podcasts I was <laughs> listening to. But um, yeah, uh, a podcast I listened to called Ninety Nine Percent Invisible. That's like about um, most. It used to mostly be about architecture, but now they branched out to just being about like design. Um, it, they just did like a sort of a forty minute um, episode on concrete and nice. the current sort of status surrounding concrete use in the world. Concrete's bad, but also good. It's one of those. Yeah. What's We're wrong with Wattle and Daub, huh? Why do people What's not the... make houses out of mud and sticks anymore? I was about to say, yeah, why don't we just make stick and mud houses? Give me the lowdown on Hades. Uh, Hades, Hades, Hades is a rogue light adventure crossed with a visual uh, novel dating sim. Hades, uh, yes. Hades, uh, game uh, uh, Super Giant's best game. Um, Hades uh, is the game that has been recommended to me specifically by more people than any other game. Compared with other games that we've talked about, um, uh, a game with cute boys, yeah, like a like it's it's that same Super Giant kind of like art style. Every everyone is like attractive in this one specific way. The man who's the main character isn't even called Hades. No, no, no. Hades is his dad, and it's yeah. a it, and it's a game about fighting with your dad. It's Love a game that. where you're trying to escape hell as the son of the king of hell, so that you can find your mum. But uh, each time you die, you get sent back to the start, so you can try and escape from hell again. Um, you get a different power up after clearing each like level or floor or room or whatever you want to call it as you're trying to escape. And these are randomized and they have synergies with each other, so you get more powerful and you get sort of uh, uh, more stuff as you move through the through the floors, getting up towards the surface. And eventually, you're really strong, and then you die to a boss and you go back to the start but the interesting thing about this game is every time you die all of the like story characters will comment on the fact that you died like there's a guy who meets you in the puddle of blood you wake up in and is like oh hey this time you got killed by x monster huh that's that's interesting like he'll he'll do a whole thing yeah you level up overall as you go through there's like a set of skills that you put a, a currency into that you retain after you die so that you get slightly stronger each time until eventually you're having to put difficulty modifiers on the game to make it harder so that you're getting more rewards when you go back through the game um, and you're constantly sort of talking to people, increasing dialogue trees, learning more about the Greek gods who are supporting you and sort of the, the mythos and things, um, which is really interesting. It gives you a good reason to keep going back to it, even if you finish the game, because you want to interact more with these quite well-written, fun, funny, attractive characters. Like, they've recorded a shitload of dialogue for it, too, because, like, it's meant to be played over and over again, but I don't think I ever got, like, a repeat line of dialogue how many hours do I have in it? Because I, I fucking like blazed through this fucking game. Uh, it's very contextual as well. It's like if you've taken a boon from, say, Poseidon, and then you talk to Zeus later on in a run, Zeus will be like, oh, so my little brother got to you first, did he? And it's like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Yeah. Like It feels like they're all watching what you're doing up on Olympus and like sort of taking bets and stuff on you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I have 50 hours in this game, and I beat it in like a week. So it was like my full-time job. Uh, in addition to my normal job. 
uh, yeah, I, I would definitely recommend it. It's it's the most fun I had with a uh, with a super giant game because they always they they have a sort of specific style that kind of like isometric action kind of stuff. Yeah, and this is a very set that. vibe. Yeah, and this is this is like as as tight as they've gotten the actual like action and like hitboxes and like that that specific kind of loop. Uh, um, the, the usual weakness of the super giant game, then you'd say. Is- yes, yeah, it's it's they. This is like probably the best iteration they've done of that. Most of the weapons feel quite fun. There's like you start off with just a sword, but then you've got fists, you've got a bow, you've got a gun, you've got uh, a shield that's really cool, like a Captain America type shield. Um, but then they've all got variants on them, and as you upgrade them with various boons as well, they become very different. So the bow, for instance, you can change it from being like a charged shot that goes a long distance to being a very short range rapid fire thing, and it really changes how it feels to play as you move move through the dungeon and get upgrades because you get so so many different modifiers to your weapon to your movement um to your cast which is like a, a ranged attack that you've always got access to that you can shoot out that that has many different variants as well and yeah. there's like summons later in the game and stuff as well yeah. so it feels uh, very yeah, different. I, I, I have a question which is yeah. very important to this kind of game where does it lie on the grindometer being a roguelike game with some <sighs> aspect of permanent progression so there's a lot of grind i think this game is designed to have this a lot game of grind. Is grind yeah yeah um but but i think i think they put a lot of dressing on the grind that makes it that makes it interesting like like you're never you're you're in in like 50 hours like you're never kind of coming across like uh, uh characters talking and stuff where like you're not getting new dialogue and yeah. and like further exposition also, this game has an actual ending, right? Yes, like, you yes, ten yes. Times you win. Uh, yeah, you get a you get a nice little treat, and you get another one of those super giant songs that yeah, I'm uh, Darren Corb. You you do great, but like it's it's never gonna hit like Bastion did. Bastion um, was a fucking masterpiece. The other yeah, thing it's, to- the music is 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 great, but like it's never going. He. It, 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 I don't know if Super Giant has it in them to have another like really good song like that. The other thing to note about the um, dialogue as well is it's all fully voice acted. So they, there's like there's like hours and hours of like dialogue, and the voice acting is very good. Like the, it gives the characters a lot of personality when they're talking to you. That's a um, super giant staple. Yeah, it's good. It's neat. I know you don't really like this Catsman in a roguelike, but you always feel like you're doing something to progress. Even if you're losing runs repeatedly, you always feel like either you're getting stronger or because you got some more um, nectar to give to one of the gods, you've at least uh, increased your like relationship level with them, which can give you additional unlocks and stuff. So you always feel like you're making progress, even if you don't beat the first boss. I mean, um, I don't like that in roguelikes, but that's because it that's what comes with the grind. I'm not sure. I definitely couldn't, like, even knowing what I know about now about the game, I don't think I'd be able to beat it on, like, a first run, uh, despite, well, I haven't actually beaten it, but, you know, I've got down to, like, the last 10% of the last boss's health once. Yeah. Um, but, like, 
yeah, I think definitely it would be very hard to get to the end on your first try in this game. And I think the game expects you to grind a lot, a lot. But because of the dialogue trees and everything with it, it keeps the grind more interesting than a lot of roguelikes do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like a lot of times, like, you know, because like with roguelikes, the, the, the kind of thing you're saving time on is like, oh, well, I don't have to invest all that much in terms of presentation because it, there's this emergent quality to, to everything within the gameplay. Like, you know, that's, that's, that's what's going to kind of pique your interest. And this like goes heavily on the presentation side. Um, yeah. that, and I think that's, that's how it manages to, to stay interesting. The criticism I guess I'd have for it is um, enemy variety seems quite low and like room variety. You're yeah. going to be seeing a lot of the same stuff over and over again. It's not got as much variety in like the rooms you go into as many roguelikes do. So whereas it makes up for the grind on kind of having all this dialogue that you're learning more about the world and its characters, you lose out on the fact that runs can start to feel kind of samey. Although it does things to mix up the bosses and mini bosses and stuff as you move on like as you get stronger it starts giving you stronger mini bosses and it starts augmenting and changing the uh the bosses in the first couple of um worlds as well so yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's a good game i'm gonna stop you there uh because i think we've had 10 minutes on that and i'm gonna throw open the floor now there's a bunch of games in here that we haven't talked about. And oh, if anybody wants to, you know, yell a few words about them into the void, then Can go I just, nuts. Yeah. I'll cross off a Plague Tale Innocence because I don't want to think about it anymore. <laughs> Frog Fractions 2 is really good. We played the first one for the book club. Um, the second one is weird and a lot higher effort, but it's still very funny. Grounded. Play Ground- it in yeah, three I want to years. Talk about Grounded. Don't play it now, play it in three years when the game's yeah. making it. I'd like, agree. Like, we went hard into Grounded. We were like, this is going to be cool. And we played it for like an hour and we got to the end of the story content. And it was like, oh, oh, so now there's nothing to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just bad. Like, you yeah. can still, it's, it's like, oh, open world crafting. Like, but if I go and I open world craft for hours, like, I'm going to be too strong when the story content comes out. And also, I don't really want to make a base. I just want to, I want a reason to explore this environment. I don't just want to do it because it's there, you know? Ooblet. Okay. Blissful. Just bliss. So, it's not finished, um, but it's very cute. And I've accidentally played it till 3 a.m. when it came out. And I don't really do that because I go to bed at 10. Um, <laughs> they just released the Nowhere update. Each each update, is, it's not a lot of story content, but if you just want to zone out and farm for cute little creatures, it's immaculate. Is it another chore game? Yes. It's okay. another chore game. Cross that one off the mental not, list yeah. of games I have to care about. <laughs> yeah, you, it's, not, it's not for you. It's not for you. It's not for you. That's <laughs> okay. We... I was going to talk about Kentucky Route Zero, which I beat today. Oh, uh, I, uh, dude, no, no spoilers. I'm like halfway through it. Oh, no but, spoilers. Uh, just uh, if you're into walking simulators, it is probably the best one. Okay, what's it uh, called? Wait, sorry? wait, wait. What about Outer Wilds? Oh, yeah, yeah. No, is that, not, is that not really a walking That's not a walking simulator at, Kentucky, at all. Kentucky Route Zero is actually you walk around and talk to people and read. Like, that's what you do. It's extreme. It's a really good, like... How do I put it? It's a like virtual short story collection with really good visual composition. It's about abandoned places and obsolete tech 
Uh, Ooh, I great do like dialogue places. Um, uh, tons of branching dialogue as well. A great picture of kind of like Appalachia and uh, weird like leftover kind of parts of America. That, um, yeah, yeah, very yeah. very good presentation. Catman, you like Twin Peaks and old computers? You are the target audience for this game. Yes, oh really? Yes. Okay. Well. Guess I'll download that. And the benefit of it over, say, going to the library in real life is at the library you can walk around and read stuff, but you're dissuaded from talking to people. <laughs> Whatever. That's all I wanted to say. <laughs> Do you want to pay some lip service to Barrow Trauma? I still only played like one game of it. I haven't played it, but that's that's like a, a like another one of those kind of like a like like hey we're all on a ship and we have to work together things. Yeah, right? yeah. I mean, I mean we played it for the book club and talked about it then. Oh, did we? Oh, yeah. yeah. Forget it then. Forget it. Ignore. Annoyingly realistic. But I yeah, like you it. can Bad tell it was made by guys. Unfortunately, like it's, good. it's well made, but it's just too. Realistic. You know, <laughs> coming back to guys on 4chan, right? Me me and Moog and um, uh, Mitch were talking about this yesterday because we were playing Smash Bros and like Steve in Smash Bros. Speed. The biggest demographic shift of video game history is that Minecraft went from a game for guys on 4chan to a game for eight-year-olds. <laughs> totally. I yeah. think there's more yeah. of an overlap between those groups than you think. I was yeah. going to say that. <laughs> Actually, Basically the same thing. Oh, can we talk about Steve in Smash? He is a terribly designed character, honestly. Because I like they him. made they made this character for children. Like kids like Minecraft. This is paying lip service to them. Because we got, you know, our generation got Terry Bogart and Banjo Kazooie and all the shit that kids don't know. So this is their character, and he's way more complicated than anyone else. He How is, have you play played as him, though? Yeah, I have. I don't think he's that... Like, he looked very complicated when he was shown off, but he's not that bad. Like, you mine, and then you craft your best item, and then it's like you're, you're going. It's it's a little bit of more micromanagement than a lot of the characters, but he's not that much more complicated, I don't think. Like, you can ignore... Like, kids are going to ignore it and just slam on the C-stick anyway, aren't they? Like, Yeah. yeah. All right, fair enough. I think Steven Smash Bros. is fun and funny, and Mitch has really gotten into him. Mitch has it has been playing... Like, he's been hardlining <laughs> Steve. He's forgotten how to have fun with the other characters because he's having so much fun with Steve now. I think Steven Minecraft is good because it made Sakurai sad. <laughs> oh, it was so funny. It was so funny watching the announcement because you could see in his face that he hated it. <laughs> I didn't want to do this, but here's Steve. Well, he basically said that in so many words. It's karma for Smash Brothers Brawl, you fucker. The funny thing is, though, so much effort and work has been put into making Steve like authentic to his game and something important like Banjo-Kazooie and like um, who Banjo else? Kazooie been... are pretty good. And they're pretty all authentic. right, but like they, they're the moves. so basic compared with like Steve. The amount of shit well, that like, goes into the thing Steve. is, it's such a different game. Like, how do you make it not basic if you're going to try and keep it true to the feeling of what Minecraft is? It's got to yeah. be like completely different. Whereas Banjo Kazooie, in their game, they have moves that they do, so you that run, really easily translates across. Yeah. To, to that game, whereas Minecraft Steve doesn't. Does it need to translate across playing DK in Smash? Is not like playing Donkey Kong Country. That's true. Yeah, you're not. You're not but rolling it is through like everything. DK sixty four. 
No, because otherwise you'd have a coconut gun which fires in spurts, and if he shot you, it would hurt. And the camera would be in a different place. <laughs> is Diddy Kong as bad as he is in turn, DK64? Change into Diddy Kong in order Diddy to Kong's like... really annoying to <laughs> Yeah, Diddy Kong is a little fuck, fuck in Smash Bros. There's is, something yeah, about the small monkeys. The peanut you know? gun. What other small monkeys do you hate? Um... Fucking the, Mimi and the super I. monkey ball ones. Whoa, yeah. yeah. Excuse me, they're little, nice. Little monkey shit. He is a little monkey, monkey shit. shit Somebody but... amigo? Is he a monkey? No, he's an amigo. <laughs> what is that? Friend. Isn't it like Mexican video game culture month or something? Maybe? So Guacamelee <gasps> forever then. Guacamelee. Talk- no, let's not talk about it on podcast. But I want to talk about what? Twitch's big fuck up right at the start of the month with that. Go on, do it. Because they were doing like, like, um, like Hispanic Heritage Month celebration thing, and they made emote modifiers. Did any of you guys hear about this or I see didn't, them? No, no, I thought no. I'm not copied into this. Thing. Is it just sombreros yeah. and like Mexican mustaches? Yeah, it was like sombreros <laughs> and maracas and shit like that. And loads of people were like, "This is so fucking racist." <laughs> and they like a day later were like, "Sorry, we missed the mark." Everything the Twitch staff does is just kind of cringy. Like, I don't know how they've gotten this far. They will not have taken a fucking financial hit from that bullshit. It was literally just like, yeah, we missed the mark. Sorry, guy. It's like the same thing. I mean, it is like a variation basically on like that outrage farming thing. Where it's like, like, yeah, we're going to be intentionally embarrassing because that leads people to talk about us, so it's free advertising. No, but, they're not but intentionally no one, embarrassing. none of you guys saw this except for me, because it was a very quick turnaround thing, I guess, before they took them down. But, oh my god. Who would even approve that? I don't know. Maybe they had, like, one Mexican guy on their, um, on their staff, and he was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> Maybe. It's just like... Do you think Kojima asks a woman before he like? No. No. And that's no, why. No. <laughs> that's why he's a piece of shit. I don't think he even asks a man, dude. I don't think he asks himself. <laughs> I, dude. I like. I I like how he's like. I've got this fancy body scanner thing. Uh, so I'm gonna pick a particularly like like hairless man or someone with very little body hair so it doesn't have to to uh, to model all that much. And yeah, Norman Reedus was perfect fit. Like just with his patchy beard, you got you can see every single one of Norman Reedus's hairs. But from the neck down, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, from the neck down too, yeah. Is it? Yeah. Um, no, no, yeah, just very sparse, like chest hair, very sparse like hair. Yeah, they got Jeff Jeff Keeley's dick is modeled in that game. Yep. What? Jeff Ke- Jeff oh. Keeley's in his the game. I can't I can't they, tell if you're joking or not. That's penis. the disturbing they, they, thing. They were they they got Jeff Keeley in and because Ko- Ko- Kojima's friends with him. Kojima was like Jeff, Show I me want your you sweater. in my game. Get in my body scanner and take off your clothes. And so Jeff Keeley, his entire like because Kojima's not going to model someone without their genitalia. He needs True. to know that the package yeah. is secure. So. <laughs> yeah. He would have got Jeff completely naked in that body scanner, and so Jeff Keeley's dick is probably you know wait for the. Well, I'm I'm gonna go look up some SFM. Right, wait, wait for right the now. data mining. Yeah, yeah exactly. data mining will will prove it. Let me find the models. 
Once again, Koji Mai is like Tarantino, is that he insists on putting his own sexual hangups in his works. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's that is the thing. Like, and and I'm sorry. Once upon a time in Hollywood was actually like a it was a good movie. I was uh, compelled by it. Like, it's yeah. it's it's problematic. It's it's got like a bunch of fucking things that are that, How many that are problematic. Are so here's the thing. So about, many toes. Now he's into the dirty toes. Once upon a time in Hollywood is it's a good film. And it arguably pays tribute to like somebody who was killed by a weird cult. Um, but halfway through the film, uh, that person is shown like taking their shoes off for no reason and just like putting their feet in the camera in the least subtle way possible. Yeah, yeah, he's into dirty. And it just out. seems like kind of disrespectful to the dead. Yeah, to yeah. fetishize their feet. <laughs> I'm just but, saying, Quentin. Oh look, yeah, you're a famous movie director, Quentin Taranto. You don't have to. You don't have to listen Taranto. to me. But I'm right. It's the same thing with Kojima. Like yeah, I mean, it's, he's Kojima's got his fucking game. hangups. He's he's fucking weird. Kojima is but, obsessed with piss. You can piss whenever. Like the amount of monster yes. energy drink you drink in Death Stranding, you can piss for days. And if yes, you piss and, enough, it makes a mushroom, and you can piss on that mushroom to make that mushroom bigger. What does a yes. mushroom look like? Looks like a dick. Just saying. Yeah. Well, also, also though, uh, when you find other porters, you can uh, you can load your piss into grenades and. Then you can give them to other people because the because if you are attacked by the BTS like the people coming out of the tar you can whip your you can whip your dick out you and piss, piss on, on them it. and they get scared they get um, scared they don't like your piss because you're you're a what's you're it a, called you're a you're repatriate, a repatriate. <laughs> because you're repatriated you have magic piss that stops the ghosts yeah I have um, forgotten about that part of the story and I yes, wish I'd the, never remembered <laughs> fucking awesome you can also you can also throw your shit and your blood at them I think yeah. this, is a, yeah. this is a fucking six year old writing a story yeah. yes it is uh, you, you didn't play long enough to get to Heartman I do where, oh yeah, the one where, who dies like every 20 minutes yeah he dies yes. every 20 minutes and it's just so Kojima can talk about how you can do almost anything Dude. in 20 minutes and like, like there's a bunch of short films that you can get into yeah Hartman uh, goes back through his like silent film collection from like the the early 1900s or something and it's just like hey here's yeah. all the films i like to watch oh yeah you, you, ever read borrow comic, one. you ever read the comic axe cop where it's an elementary school kid writing a story that a professional cartoonist draws yeah that's what yeah. this sounds like they, they adapted it into a into an animated show where uh nick offerman plays the axe cop that's uh, awesome i love nick offerman yeah of course yeah actually like, you remind me of him like Oh, oh, I, I, uh, yeah, I can't hold a candle to the, that level of like a famous celebrity daddies. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but I appreciate it. Um, so he's next to a giant heart shaped lake. Um, his heart is deformed. Uh, so it actually is shaped it like, a, like heart. a heart. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're, when you're talking, it's like, do you want to see hot men's heart shaped heart? And <laughs> it's just showing the x-ray of it. Just, bulging like beating like like a cartoon heart inside of his chest and he's also a really nice person he's and then <laughs> and then what he does is he like invites you around his house for tea you're in the middle of tea with him and then he gets on his bed 
go like dies for 20 minutes and you just sit there and drink tea while he's dead for 20 minutes and yes. he wakes up and like yes. shows and, you out and there's a little record player uh, uh playing dun dun da 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 like yeah it's it's stupid it's 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 absurd it's ridiculous but like Man, I so, would rather live in a world with Death Stranding than a world without it. Man, now I now I get what it feels like for Shiny when I try to explain the story of Metal Gear. <laughs> yeah, I've played how many of those games now, and I still am just as Four. clueless as I was before I played any of them. You're you're on your fourth one. No wait, you I'm beat on my four, fifth didn't one. you? You're on yeah, your beat fifth four. One, I'm yeah. in Piss Walker now. Oh, I'm so sorry. Peace, right? Yeah, it really started going off the rails there. Um, I, I the, know, no, 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 no. Peace Walker's well, got a fairly condensed and understandable story. I, think. I like yeah. Peace Walker. I I'm enjoying like Peace Walker so far. Four is my favorite one so far. No, what? Yeah, four. What? What? Like at the end of four, when they had the 2020 presidential debates. Four plays the best. Yeah, it's the most fun to play. It's got it's, like no gameplay, so. Yeah, yeah, but like the uh, the the ocelot snake fight, which is like a meme unto itself. Like uh, more of more of Kojima's also like hangups because yes. Uh, uh, Ocelot does need to kiss Snake during that. It's, it's compulsory. Yeah, it is. It's 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 their connection. Is four the one that's worst for women though? Um, yeah, that's the beauty of the beast. Yeah, yeah, that's, unit. that's five the worst is quiet. for women. Oh, five's quiet, so it gets worse. No, yeah, yeah, it does. Look, I would say, shiny. You don't know yet. You will. You will regret will your regret. words and deeds. Okay. <laughs> What? What? You saying it's objectifying because she needs to be naked because she breathes? Listen here. here. The end is exactly the same character. He's got a bald head. He can photosynthesize easier. I want the end, but wearing Quiet's outfit. That's what I want. I'll get you a picture of that. I'm sure it's been done. I have a picture of it. Okay, let's wrap this up. Let's talk about yeah, yeah, things things that are fun. The Baldur's Gate three. Uh, early access. I would recommend it. I'd um, say buy it when the whole game is out. Yeah, uh-huh. no, I, yeah, yeah. But but if you're if you're excited about that, there's plenty to look forward to. I think I've said everything I need to say. Same. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. That was there lockdown games. This will be condensed down into a podcast somehow, sometime by me badly. Thank you all Thanks. for talking about your lockdown games with me. Um, and I hope that uh, we don't have to reconvene in a year and talk about lockdown the, next, 2.0. the next year's worth of lockdown games. We will. We will. It's, you know it's coming. I hope I get a lockdown next year. Shit. I've been working off the oh, yeah. <laughs> Sweden doesn't believe in lockdowns. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, I'm working, but... I mean, the UK doesn't yeah. either. We just we pretend that we do. Sweden didn't have any. Yeah. And that's why they're all dying. No what tier lockdown are you lads true. in? 
Leeds, City of Tears, Tier 2. Tier 2, Tier 2, that's me too. Oh, I'm only Tier 1. Wow, I can go outside, I can go inside to places. Oh, yeah, yeah, because you guys need, like, a license to fuck now. Yeah. Yeah. I, my job, like, working for, like, the Behavioral Health Authority, like, they let us, you know, stay home, and, like, they actually take the shit seriously, but, like, you know, it's the United States, so everything is just broken up into like a bunch of weird little pieces. Like there's, there's just literally just like millions and millions of people who are like, yeah, the, I, I, I'm not changing my behavior at all. Well, what the UK government have, have tried to do is implement systems where it makes it like your fault rather than their fault. Yeah. Oh yeah. Look, uh, it's just, it's, I, d- schools just, and universities, the prime CMS. reading grounds stay open. Yeah, yeah. The universities. Are, I mean, that's why Leeds is in tier two. Because well, the, the universities, universities have to stay open so they don't all lose their money and die. Like my little brother is at university. He hasn't left his dorm yeah. in yeah. weeks because he's got to do all of his like lectures online. It's like he's having to pay to go to so something that's it. It and should make us full, reevaluate whether price. uni is. Yeah, it's not worth the money that they're paying for. Absolutely it. not. The university is entirely would be worth the money if not for the commodification of education and the fact that universities are basically run as for-profit like, institutions. Oh yeah, no, they they absolutely are, and like uh, like basically like it, it, the United States, it's it's even worse because mm. like there's Harvard, which is you know a place that does put out actually like good research and stuff but there's also the other side of harvard which is basically just like rubber stamping like rich kids yeah. to uh to and you know from like influential like uh families like george w bush went to fucking harvard <laughs> <laughs> bullshit influence peddling thing i did feel i did feel briefly good for like 3 days when Trump got coronavirus, oh, I like was that, so nah, was... he didn't get it. That was a public. Do you think it, was? it felt? No. It felt so nice. It wouldn't. I don't think he would do it as a publicity stunt because it's effectively try, just admitting that he was wrong. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But then that's what Boris did. Do you think he actually had it? I yeah, don't. I think I think Boris had it. Yeah, mm. I think Boris had it, and it sobered him up for like a week, and then afterwards he then went he back forgot. to his normal. Well, afterwards, idiot he self. became the poster boy for weight loss. Did you see the the thing where he was like, well, 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 well I was in hospital with coronavirus. I realized that I, I I I had to uh, lose a lot of weight, and now I'll walk the dog. That's, that's <laughs> Do you want to know said. some uh, behind the scenes uh, Johnson drama? Go on. Why do you have right. behind yeah, How do you have Johnson behind the Hey, this is post-production Catsman here. Um, unfortunately, due to a technical error, the recording cut off at this point. But uh, the gist of it is, uh, Shiny told a really funny story about uh, a friend of hers and uh, how they operate the Boris Johnson puppet that they use for like public appearances and stuff. And about how um, like that time he went to hide in a freezer was uh, from... Uh, when the when the hydraulic thing that operated his mouth stopped working and they had to come in and fix it um and how some of the people who worked on the project um they put uh that they're working on an unannounced thunderbirds project on their cv because obviously you can't tell people you're operating the boris johnson puppet um and they almost got found out uh by adult thunderbird fans anyway um yeah that's how it was okay back to the recording that you now. could you could potentially get sued for just sending a message to me and I'll say it. Um, <laughs> instead, all I'll 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 preface it with uh, with no 
no copyright infringement was intended by yeah, yeah. Up- uploading the third season Just- of Family Guy to YouTube. <laughs> Just ask it, ask it, uh, just just pretend it's a video essay. Those go on for hours now. It's a competition to see who can come up with the longest video essay about nothing. Uh, that guy who, I I think that guy who did the the Witcher 2 one that was like fucking five hours... And actually, like, like I, like I, I put it on in the background, like while I was working, and like there's actually like jokes and edits in there. Like it's, it's like five hours. Well, like all of the way content. through the five hours, or is it just yeah. concentrated towards yeah. the first hour or so? No, no, all the way through. Jesus. Every every fucking time, like like Imagine he's showing having the stamina. I know it's 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 it it stopped being sad and started being like genuinely interesting i um, feel like that's called stockholm syndrome like there is a name for that as D- mr psychology himself i will yeah. tell you that i'm perfectly healthy as mr psychology is there actually such a thing as stockholm syndrome or is no. it one of those things that no, people made no, up no a man um, made it up yeah it's about, it's it, yeah it's 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 bullshit uh, it always is based on a specific situation about bank heists that um one of the like bank tellers one of the women who was there basically this is obviously a very condensed thing but said that she didn't trust the police as much as she trusted the people who were doing the heist because the police were actively like not respecting the risk that the, the people who were hostages were under mm-hmm. like they were doing like loads of reckless shit this is after the fact that she said this about the police. Like, they put us in danger. They didn't, like, you know, look after us. Um, so some psychologist who had never met this woman, never spoken to this woman, made up a diagnosis about her, like, developing romantic feelings for the um, for the people that were holding them hostage because yeah. he was trying it, to protect the police force, essentially. Yeah, it's, 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 ba- it's, it's basically, it's, it's like drapetomania all over again. You guys remember that one? No. Nope. All right. So drapetomania is is uh, this weird condition that uh, many African Americans got, where while enslaved, they had this compulsion to run away. <laughs> this psychological <laughs> compulsion to to for some reason to to run away. Uh, and, and yeah, it's it's basically like it's it's attempting to pathologize and and like systematize rational. like a rational response mm-hmm. to a situation. You on your own can say identify with like a captor or someone or someone who's trapping you. Like like that's actually how a lot of abusive relationships work. Um, that 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 people are able to get away with with more and more shit because of the level of trust someone has in them. Yeah. I feel like I'm learning a lot of stuff today. This is it's it's psychology time. Well, most of my job is 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 basically helping people navigate like like what it is to be poor in the united states like i don't get to do a lot of uh, uh a lot of like kind of like actual counseling um when i do it's always exciting because it's like oh hey here's what i actually got my degree in but like no most of the time it's like how do i find how do i help you find housing Imagine how do i using how- your degree <laughs> i know right uh like like you i was know, about he- to claim that i used my degree but i actually don't do you what is your degree Physics. You used it more than I've used mine, surely. I probably Yo, used it you more. You use your physics degree like every time you open a door, like, like, damn, dude, like, you don't know how it's going to swing, but you do. Like, you uh, fucking. I don't actually, and I almost fall down my own stairs every day because I, I get up out of bed 
just straight up like 90 degrees, like <laughs> a zombie coming out of a casket or whatever. Um, and I walk down the stairs before all the blood has rushed back to my brain. Ah, ah, yeah. See, that's why you got to get those CEUs, man. Hard, man. You got to get those continuing education credits, man. Use it or lose it. <laughs> I use that's my a- degree. Yeah. yeah, you do. I have a degree in psychology, so I guess I use that every time I think. I've I got get a degree it. in music and I work in retail. Yeah, but a degree in music is culturally enriching. No, it's fucking not. And providing the, um, what am I going to call this? The university industrial complex for the sustenance it needs to continue paying the VP of my university a six-figure salary for doing dick all. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, I have a quick question for a game that you brought up very briefly earlier, Mike. Yes. No one lives under the lighthouse. Yes. Is that a jump scary hide and seek type game? Because it no. looks a lot like puppet combo games. No, no, it's okay. not. Uh, there's, there's, there's a couple of moments that are that are kind of jump scary. But it's not hide like and hide and seek. seek. It's more like a like like run away. But, you're being chased. But Good. is it is it like is it like realistic and able to get away situation or is it you're yeah, going to yeah, get yeah, fucking yeah. caught? Okay, because I I like puppet combo games conceptually and the way that they look. But it's so much just like once you get caught, you, you can't get away, essentially. Yeah. So that's yeah. what's always kind of put me off of them. I was pretty skeptical of the whole like haunted PS1 genre in you know to begin with. But like this, it actually does a good job. Uh, something that something that was absolutely miles above that. And I would rec- it's one of the greatest games I've ever played. Uh, I played it again recently. Pathologic 2. I still haven't um, played Pathological. I one. want that game. You don't, don't, need, to, you don't need to. You don't need to. Uh, okay. it's, it's a retelling of Pathologic One, and it is. It is like it, it's gorgeous. It's bizarre and like abstract. There's a lot of like fourth wall breaking, um, but yeah, just just mechanically, it's 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 very horrifying and like and, and stressful because like you you never have enough food. You never get enough sleep. Like it's it's just like is it, twelve. Is it is it that in a frustrating way though? No, no, okay. it's 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 very compelling in that way. Like uh, like the kind of like opportunity cost of like I am going to miss this part of the story during this playthrough because I am, uh, you know, I'm starving or like, you know, uh, 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 I'm I'm thirsty or I need to sleep. Um, the the infected districts are incredibly menacing um music's great like in general yeah i wish fucking uh ice pick lodge ice pick lodge yeah i i wish they had like some like like you know grant or something from the russian government because like (laughs) no they they like like that is genuinely like it's it's a game that would not get made otherwise i feel like i think it was kickstarted yeah it was yeah Um, it is peak of like the rt russian game genre well here's the thing though it has like walking simulator vibes like like very much like a kind of like abstract story it's told in a very kind of obtuse way but it is dense mechanically like does it make you feel like a fucking genius when you figure out what's actually happening no it makes you feel scared and desperate cool it's, the thing is, I it's don't, a misery simulator. I don't need any stressful games right now. Like, when my life is less stressful, then maybe I'll play a stressful game. I say, hoping that if I say it enough, it will come true. <laughs> um, what else was there? 
Wasteland 3 makes me feel like I just watched the season finale for Breaking Bad. Everything about it feels like this weird fucking throwback, and it was nice to like pretend I was in like 2012 <laughs> for 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 like a for like a week, um, you know, because there's like an edgy cover of uh, "Are You Watched in the Blood of the Lamb?" You know, it's kind of country, it's kind of rock factions. That's that's a big thing that's that's kind of fallen out of, of just it's like it's super important that my game has factions in it. And like collections of people under like an ideology, um, it makes fun of Ronald Reagan, which is also a very dated thing these days. Mate, making fun of Ronald Reagan is evergreen. I mean, no, he does suck, and it was really funny how he was going crazy while he was in office. Um, but, but like, now, that's the one ape that I will let off the hook—the one that tried to kill Ronald Reagan. <laughs> I think I see people making fun of Ronald Reagan most days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I think it's it, it's in the way that that they do it because it feels very it feels very like Bill Hicks. Or Is it like, more uh, like ha ha he lost his mind rather than ha ha he's fucking dead? Fuck that guy. Yeah, it's 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 ha ha he lost his mind. Okay, um, that's because that's not funny. Yeah, because like, uh, yeah, there's a cult of people called the Gippers, and and like the highest ranking members are called Nancy. It also does like the uh, the kind of like a uh, like late eighties machismo thing, but they're kind of winking at it, and that's that's sort of like what what the original Wasteland was like born out of. Um, but yeah, if it if it was a good distraction, I I went in a time machine for a little bit. To the far off year of 2012. That, hold on, hold on. That none of it. us appreciated when it was happening to us. I, why would I have appreciated 2012? The world didn't Listen end. to this and it's 2012. <sighs> oh, shit, fucking um, so have the laws of your country been amended and am I free to talk shit about Jacob Collier here? Who? Huh? I don't know who that is. He's this fucking musician on YouTube, and he's very technically skilled and stuff, but his just voice sounds like shit. <laughs> he overdazzes stuff. Okay, since none of us have heard of him, though, we don't yeah. care. I mean, yeah. I do. I, there's lots of musicians like that. Yeah, you yeah, listen to Weird Al Yankovic? Yeah. He's, he's that got guy. so much skill, but I hate his voice so much. I cannot oh, stand like Weird Al. I used to love Weird Al as a kid. I hate hearing yeah. him. Oh, I'll be right back. And I hate seeing him because you, I hate hearing why him. Why do you hate Weird Al so much? He just pisses me off. What pisses? He just Is pisses this, me off. Do you just hate, have an like incredible, said, irrational dislike yeah, of Weird Al? I just hate how he sounds. <laughs> I think it's such lowbrow fucking humor as well. Like, yeah, it's clever that you've managed to change the lyrics of this song, but like, is it actually funny? I'm fascinated by the idea of the style parody which is making an original song in the style of another musician. Yeah, but other people can do that. He's not the only man that can do that. No. No. But you have to put a lot of thought into yeah, it. You have to approach other people's good? music is it with... funny? Not no, really, no. because he sounds like a top... <laughs> like, there's nothing technically wrong with his voice, but it yeah, pisses there is. me off to there hear is, it. There is something wrong with his voice. Is this shit? <laughs> it's bad for singing. That's it makes the me problem. angry. That's what's wrong with it. I don't hate Weird Al Yankovic. I do. He sounds like he thinks he's clever, you know? <laughs> I'm not sure about that. It's all right to be clever, but when you think you're clever, that's a problem. <laughs> Fuck Weird Al.
I've seen this this child Jacob Collier, but I've never I don't I don't yeah. know why I've seen him. He well he he's it's it's part of that like music theory YouTube that, but I don't... Uh, that that is is weirdly populated. I've probably like seen him in like my recommended, YouTube, but never but watched I've, him because he looks I've annoying. never seen this guy before. No. Yeah, no, he's he's like the uh he he gets uh he gets a lot of acclaim there. Um mainly like he did like a version of like in the bleak w- midwinter where he does like a, a key change that is uh it's it's like a three quarter step. But like he does a microtonal key change. Is there any need for that? Oh, is this the whole thing of like I'm going to cover a song, but I'm going to ruin it by trying to be too clever about it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, right. Like, uh, no, exactly uh, the genre. I, I, I fucking, I fucking hate, especially when they do that to hymns or like, uh, or like, like early medieval music, because like the the thing that works about that is is that it's it's. You know, there's there's not a lot of harmony, and that it's a pure, you know, kind of kind of melody that that stands on its own. I wish I could give you an opinion on medieval music, other than that it's fucking cool. Yeah, um, if you're looking for a a composer that does like a lot of that stuff, and he's also a very good violin player, uh, Ivan Kung. How's that spell? E Y V I N D K A N G. Okay, I that's that is in no way what I thought this name was. I thought you said Ivan Cum. <laughs> I would have pronounced this as Avind Kang. Here's the thing though. I've said we're Avind all, before, but I, I've been corrected. We're all hardwired for cum. That's the problem. <laughs> we've been, we've had so many well, no, conversations did, did, about cum. He did say Kong. And for an American that's how they say come. Such also. thick, such thick accent, impossible to understand. Such thick accent, yeah. even thicker come. <laughs> it's true. We we as a people don't drink as much water as we should. <laughs> Gotta squeeze it out like a frube. Oh no! 